escapes from slavery. It's a completely different process in them getting over that offence. It's not just a one-off incident that they can deal with. It's something that keeps replaying in their mind numerous, numerous incidents. And in some cases, some victims will blame themselves for allowing themselves to be taken into a situation like this. Four Luton Town football fans have been cleared of being involved in violence at a match away at Lincoln City. It happened last October before the game, as Ewan Duncan reports. During the seven-day trial, Lincoln Crown Court heard how the disturbance included chairs and beer glasses being thrown inside the Ritz pub on Lincoln High Street. The incident on a Saturday lunchtime left customers fleeing for their safety. The four Luton Town fans said they weren't the aggressors and acted in self-defence after being attacked by home supporters while having a pre-match drink. The jury took just over three hours to return not-guilty verdicts. Today is the 50th anniversary of President John F. Kennedy's assassination in Dallas. A ceremony is planned in Dallas's Dealey Plaza, the location of where he was killed. Bill Carter was in the US Secret Service and worked with JFK as a special agent during his administration. And he told BBC Three Counties Radio of his memories the day he was killed. The world stopped. A hush came over Washington. It was... uh total silence and just tears frozen in my memory. Cricket Now and England have suffered an extraordinary batting collapse on day two of the first Ashes test in Brisbane. Having earlier dismissed Australia for 295, England made a steady start by reaching 82 for three before being bowled out for just 136 runs in their first innings. And the weather today will start off cloudy with the odd light shower. It'll soon turn drier with sunny spells, lighter winds than yesterday, with maximum temperatures expected of 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you can come to places like Wolverton, you can find a lot of heritage, culture. It's not just the, the place, is it? It's the spirit of the people. All this week in Wolverton. You could never be bored here if you, if you didn't want to be. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show this morning. It's Friday, it's the 22nd of November. Let's kick this thing right up its backside, shall we? So we found out how much Luton Council got paid for Splash. They didn't want to tell us, but they had to tell us in the end, and they did. We'll tell you how much it is in a little bit. Today is the 50th anniversary of the assassination of JFK. We'll be asking for your memories of that time. And I'm not reading what you've written on the screen there, Catherine. Why not? Because that is rude and disrespectful to a lot of the listeners. <laughs> no, it is, just who fans. It is... The, stop it. It is... Blah, blah. No, go away. It is the Doctor Who special that you've all been asking for. It's happening, and it's happening today. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you know what? Do you know what? Because it's a, because it's a Doctor Who special, that's... Uh... I won't replace that Michael Jackson song, Kelly, but I'm going to replace that Michael Jackson song 
with a song by The Who. Sorry about that. Kelly, Kelly Betts is very upset. You, you had a very... I, I, listen, I know other people's dreams are very, very dull, OK? Um, so bear with us for literally no more than 20 seconds. But you had, you, you had one of those dreams that affected you at a deep spiritual level, didn't you? I dreamt I was dead and I was telling people that I know who have died th- when they were going to die. But they died already. They were already dead. So there was nothing skillful. I told one lady that I knew that she was going to die the same day as me, right. which was Saturday tomorrow. And okay. I, I, I can't... Off. OK, and so because of that, we have to play a really boring Jackson song. No, I've changed it to make oh. me feel better. So hang on. The, the a good Michael Jackson song to make me feel happy that I'm, a, I, I'm alive Tell today. us why you chose a Michael Jackson song. Because I wanted a Michael Jackson song played at my funeral. Can you believe I'm this? She wants to hear it now. This is, this, is, this, is, this is your BBC, dear listener, and you are paying for her therapy, basically. <laughs> That's what's I'm going on. I'm cheering up. I really feel affected. Listen, this show is going to cheer you up, uh, Kels. Here comes Jackson song is that? For goodness sake, this is what what we're dealing with. Doctor Who special. Doctor Who special. But before that, the celebrity diving show Splash will return to our screens in a couple of months' time. And once again, we'll go out live from Luton's Inspire Sports Village. Now, as you know, on this show, we are a huge fan of Splash. One of the... um, Let's be realistic. It's one of the top three TV programmes of all time. But while the Borough Council were very vocal about the success of the last series, both for Luton and for sport, they were more than a little quiet about how much money it had made them. Well, here's what Council leader Hazel Simmons told, or or rather didn't tell, our reporter Justin Dealey. I can't tell you. Um, I'm not allowed to. I did check this out and I'm told, no, I mustn't say anything. And that was the agreement we made with the television company. And you know yourself, you work for a, a, te- a, yeah. a, a company, so they are strict on these things and we've kept to that. But do you not think that the people of Lucent have the right to know that information? Because ultimately, they paid for this, haven't they? Well, maybe that's something you need to take up with the television company. And, you know, we'll tell you if we know, if we're allowed to. But currently we've signed an agreement and I can't break that. They wouldn't tell us. But after a rejected uh, information request and a successful appeal to the Information Commissioner, we finally had a response. Here's our swimming and political correspondent, Paul Scoynes. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Ian. Paul, how much did the council get for hosting Splash? Well, we've asked, under the Freedom of Information Act, uh, for the total final amount of money received by the council for allowing the filming of that television series, that epic television series splash at the Inspire Luton Sports Village. And the answer that we finally received, and after you, you say very much a, a delay for reasons that the uh, leader of the council, uh, Hazel Simmons, just explained, that total is £80,000. £80,000. £80,000. Sorry, £80,000. Yes. That's that's 8-0, yes. So 8-0, so yes, sorry. Sorry, That's okay. You confused me with your numbers. (laughs) I'm sorry, Um, sorry, I know it's ridiculously early for this kind of stuff. Uh, the Information Commissioner uh, caseworker said that he found in our favour um, because there was a public interest to people knowing how much the council received because of the disruption to the public that the filming had caused. And that's why uh, we argued that in the Freedom of Information appeal. And so they found in our favour and they've, they've insisted that the Lutonborough Council release that information. Now, at first hearing, £80,000 sounds like a lot of money, but having worked in television and knowing the kind of sums that can be be generated by television, particularly, you know, huge Saturday night TV shows, it doesn't seem like a massive amount. It seems like ITV got quite a good deal for this. 
well, you've obviously worked in some high-end and, and expensive television, Ian, because I think, actually, on the face of it, that's not a bad deal, from my limited knowledge of, of what locations receive. Um, part of that money, I guess, we, we uh, as part of the FOI, asked, you know, what are we going to, you know, what, what did you use it for? Uh, as part of that response, uh, the, the, the council was sort of told, were able to say that they mainly spent it on uh, portable springboards to increase the diving capacity for the diving lessons um, I suppose in fairness I suppose that's what the council sort of did tell us at the time what they were going to spend the money on uh, they also said it was going to be used on management uh, systems for booking lessons and staff and hire charges so the money does seem to at least have been uh, ploughed back into the uh, actual sort of centre you know I've got uh, a limited amount of understanding of, of what TV locations costs and, and actually to be honest in my experience which has, again is limited to not knowledge of one particular thing but you know it was a very uh, big show on channel four uh, and it, you know, it was a show which was at uh, a very large uk institution which is paid for by the taxpayer which would be recognizable to everybody i won't mm. say it because of commercial reasons but they actually let that place go for free wow. because of the exposure it was going to generate so i think actually getting some money and having you know the exposure on saturday night on on itv you could argue uh, actually you know to get eighty thousand back from that not a bad deal. You think it's a good deal. Now, listen, while we're celebrating... Uh, the, the... I'm not saying it's a good deal. I'm saying you know, it could be read as being a okay. good deal in, in certain terms. I'm not going to say it, whether it's good or not. OK, now, listen, while we're celebrating the, uh, uh, the the return of Splash, and I do hope you've got the invitation to come to my Splash party, Paul, um, speedos only, uh, some people aren't that happy about the return of Splash, are they? Well, yes, understandably. Uh, the, those people who were affected either by the disruption to the, uh, the sort of daily life caused by the filming, maybe they might have lived nearby, or if you were a user of the centre and perhaps, you know, wanted to use the centre on a Friday or perhaps Saturday, it was always going to be difficult because the uh, pool was, or certain parts of the pool were, were closed to the general public. They, they were upset, and we, we've spoken to one parent who thought it was all a waste of money. No, we're disappointed because again it's just before the county championships in which come up in February and March and obviously our children are training hard for that and so it will affect them their training time they'll lose that and I don't think it had any positive effect really for the town I don't really think that it made any difference so no not really I don't really think it does anything good for the town we weren't refunded any of our money which we obviously pay out quite a lot of money every month to, for them to use the pool and although Luton Borough Council made money we didn't get any money back Paul Scoins, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. So the music you're hearing this morning is put into cheer Kelly Betts up because she had a bit of a scary dream where she was dead. Oh. Don't, don't worry, though. The rest of the show's going to be about Doctor Who. It's all mine.
So indulge me today. It was two 50th anniversaries this weekend. Do you know what they are, Kelly? The t- there are two 50th anniversaries being celebrated, the wrong word, commemorated, the right word. Do you know what they are? One is today, and it was the day that John F. Kennedy got shot. Okay, how long ago? 50 years. Okay. That's one being commemorated. Yep. What's the one being banged on about? The other one? The other one is about some doctor who... That's it. Excellent stuff. Well done, Doctor Who. Congratulations. 08459 the, the tears and the laughter, the tragedy and the comedy is what we have today. Your memories on uh, um, John F. Kennedy... And Doctor Who. I know, it's a strange one, isn't it? Hand in hand. 08459 455 555. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Everything's looking pretty quiet so far at the moment. Speed sensors aren't flagging anything up. There are some Christmas lights being switched on this evening, though. Watch out for these because they'll make the town centres busy. Hitchin Marketplace has um, Christmas lights going on. And in Letchworth Garden City at Lays Square. Also in Hartford, Salisbury Square has Christmas lights going on. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 6.16. It is Friday, the 22nd of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio can exclusively reveal Luton Borough Council earned £80,000 from the TV celebrity diving show Splash. Police have released on bail two people they'd questioned about three women who were allegedly held as slaves for 30 years in a house in South London. Cricket and having earlier dismissed Australia for 295 England made a steady start by reaching 82 for three before being bowled out for just 136 runs in their first innings. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. The weather, it'll be cloudy to start with, a dry day with sunny spells. Maximum temperature is nine degrees. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Monday night, we have an hour with a very interesting guest on Three Counties Sports. I'm Graham Wesley, manager of Stevenage. The guys in Three Counties have asked me to come in on Monday, take your questions and, and talk football with you, which I'm looking forward to. Send in your questions for Graham via the Three Counties Facebook page, facebook.com slash BBC3CR. Send them in, support the evening, let's have a good football chat. Graham Wesley on Three Counties Sports, Monday night from 6, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Rock down to 
is okay this is my ambition i've got I'm, I'm, my contract i'm here till september next year hopefully it'll be renewed yeah who knows who knows that sounded we'll talk about it later my dream would be and i think you can sort this out catherine because you are the miracle worker it's not that dream no not that one no 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 not that no, one no no, no. really probably not think I'm, anyway talk about that later my dream is to one day be sat in this studio and that chair next to me where we get all of the, the big names, we get Ollie Martins, we get David Lloyd, uh, we get some you know people from the council, blah, is to have Eddie Grant sat there with a little keyboard and to play Electric Avenue for me live and sing it to me. There. You want to hear that? Oi! Oi! Okay, we, well, let's have a look. He's still alive. He's still alive. He's just released a new album, I think maybe... Um, in, in 2006, so he is oh, probably... He's <laughs> got some fresh tunes. That will be my dream. Uh, Eddie Grant sat there, little keyboard, oi! And then he can he go. He do it, like, every now and then yeah. as well. Like, when, you say, when you say something funny, or he could just be like... We're oi! looking up oi in keywords to see if we have his number. Oh, have we? Have we got Mr Grant's number? Not under oi. OK, maybe... Mm. I tell you, what, you look under Eddie Grant, I'll do the thing about JFK, and then we'll, we'll see where we are in a little bit. This could be good. If anyone... If it, maybe you live next door to Eddie Grant. If you do, could you not go knock on his door? Or even just a Mr Grant or anyone called Eddie? Now, a huge, huge uh, anniversary today. 50 years ago, the impact of a shot fired in Dallas was felt around the world. Thanks to the power of television, the assassination of President John F. Kennedy has been witnessed again and again by millions of people, many of whom weren't born when it actually happened. So this morning, we'll be uh, speaking uh, to local people about their memories of that event. Now, uh, Justin Dealey has been asking people for their JFK memories, uh, and you, you've got quite a bit, Justin, haven't you? Absolutely. Lots yeah. of stories. Yeah, I mean, everyone I spoke to in Hemel Hempstead yesterday had memories of the day that JFK was shot. Uh, here's what people had to say. I was at the Waldorf Hotel having a lovely dinner and dance with friends. The news came through, and because we were all shocked, and I was pregnant at the same time with my second daughter, so I really do remember it. Got a feeling... The children were having their dinner, if I remember rightly. I just heard it on the radio. When you heard the news, how did it make you feel? Shattered. And, um, well, it, was up, it upset me. The day that you won't forget? Absolutely. I was in bed sick that day in Limerick in Ireland. 
when it came over the radio on the we had on the windowsill budgie on top of us <laughs> and it came over we was all crying we was all crying yeah we loved him because he was family you know he was Irish so that was it once he was Irish that's it Irish forever so I've been here now I came over here the next year it's interesting isn't it all these documentaries yeah. this week and the anniversary yeah. course on Friday all those memories come flooding back yeah loved him he was a good president and I think this president we've got now in America is a good man um, I was in the kitchen and when I heard it over the radio I ran round to my neighbour and told her because she didn't have her radio on and we were all just very shocked well, if you want to share your memories this morning, 08459 455 555. I think it's hard for, for people who weren't alive, then myself included, to realise just w- what a huge impact uh, it had. We can speak now to Donna Hepburn, who's the president of the American Club of Hertfordshire, and also Sharon Hickey, whose daughter is president of the Chiltern, Chiltern American Women's Club. What's well, a lot of presidents. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. Good morning. Donna, we'll start with you, if you don't mind. What, c- can you recall the day it happened? What, 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 was, what was going on in your life when you heard? I absolutely remember. I was in school, and I was just, uh, I don't know, 11, 12 years old, and and we were called into class. We had a small class, maybe about 30 people, 25, 30 people. And we were called into class, apart from what we were doing, which I can't remember. And everything was very solemn in the classroom, and the teacher told us all about it. And we were actually sent home. The buses came, and we were, we were taken home. And what was the mood? like At that age, Donna, did you appreciate what had happened and what you'd, you'd potentially lost? I think I really did, because I just had to look at the faces of everybody around me, especially my parents. They were devastated. Nothing like this had ever happened in in our memory or in their memory of a president being assassinated and and actually shot. And they were just such a beautiful couple. I, I, I just think we were all completely shocked and devastated and... As you know, in those days, we usually had one television in the house, and we would all sit around the television and watch everything as it was unfolding. And it was it was traumatic, actually. Sharon, did you appreciate the the the, the hugeness of of what had happened? Absolutely. Um, I was 15 years old, and in chorus when our teacher told us that the president had had an accident, and then about. Ten minutes later, told us that the president had died, and like Donna, we were immediately sent home. Now I was a walker, so I walked home, and the all of the kids from my high school filed up the street to the local church, and we just all went into the church until the church was just full. I was at a very big high school, and um, we were all there for about an hour. Someone started, one of the boys started reciting the rosary. And then we all made our way home. It was very sad, very sad at home. Um, and I think that then as the days unfolded, it became like Donna, you know, just more and more um it just was so it impacted us so much because not only did we lose this wonderful young family it was a loss to our nation but the sadness to this large and boisterous family that played touch football and you know it was it it was just yeah it was just shattering it was horrible and um and the days that followed 
it just kept getting worse and worse with the then the shooting of Lee Harvey Oswald. And, you know, the, it was just a few days later. It was to be American Thanksgiving, and all it was was a whole more than a week of mourning. It was horrible, and I can only liken it to what I went, what we all went through on 9-11 when we wondered that day, how will it ever stop? Will this ever stop? And indeed it didn't because then we lost Bobby four years later mm. in the same way. It was awful. Donna, what do you, th- I know this is almost impossible to answer, but what <laughs> do you think uh, uh, America um, missed out on by losing JFK at such a young age? Well, I, I think it was the dream that we missed out in. You know, the, our dream was shattered. We had this dream of this beautiful couple and this perfect family and and someone who we felt spoke to us and represented, I mean, although I suppose he didn't really, but we thought he represented us and we could relate to this younger president. And then that was shattered. So it, it was almost as if, our illusions were were burst, if you understand mm. what I'm trying to say. It was just like, oh, can this really happen? Um, and, of course, then we had to face the reality of what was really going on. He made it all look so glamorous, and, and so did Jackie. We were just watching for fashions, and it was all very positive, and it, it turned the mood, if you understand what I'm mm. saying. And Sharon, finally, obviously the, 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 the assassination has been marred with all kinds of conspiracy theories. Was there a lone gun, gunman? Was there someone else? What are your thoughts on all of those? Yeah, you know, as I said, I was 15 years old, and my father, had, who was a hunter, had taught me to shoot along with my brothers, so I knew how to shoot a rifle, and I knew how difficult it was to hit a moving target, Mm. if you will, and I never, even at 15, never believed in the conspiracy, or the lone gunman theory, Mm. rather. It it was larger than life. It was much too accurate, and um, yeah, never. In fact, I have never even read any of the conspiracy theories because I think one would just be wackier than the next. Yes, they, they do get a little bit crazy. We, ha- we have to end it there. I really appreciate your time this morning. That last voice there was Sharon Hickey, whose daughter is president of the Chiltern American Women's Club and uh, the other voice we heard there was Donna Hepburn, president of the American Club of Hertfordshire. Two things. Keen to get your um, uh, memories of, of JFK and the assassination. And also now I don't normally indulge these because I, I think these can be a little bit ridiculous. This morning I will indulge and listen to your theories on the assassination of JFK. Okay, I don't normally go down the route of conspiracy theories because we can all disappear up, uh, up our own backside if we do that a little bit. But this morning, conspiracy theory hotline 08459 455 555. What do you think? Who did it? Was it just Lee Harvey Oswald and we should just accept it? Or was there something bigger and perhaps slightly darker taking place? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio, 6.30. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Welling Garden City, the speed sensors are showing that the A414 northbound has queues at Birchall Lane. And also the A5 northbound going past Dunstable is looking a little bit slow. M25 all looking good though through the roadworks that are in both directions between 23 for South Mims and 25 for Enfield. That's where the lanes have been narrowed and there's a speed restriction. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. half past six, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, it's been revealed that Lutonborough Council earned £80,000 from the television series Splash. The figure was disclosed in a freedom of information request by BBC Three Counties Radio. Police have released on bail two people they had questioned about three women who were allegedly being held as slaves for 30 years in a house in South London. The women were found in a property in Lambeth after one of them rang a helpline run by the Freedom Charity. Today is the 50th anniversary of President John F. Kennedy's assassination in Dallas. A ceremony is planned in Dallas's Dealey Plaza, the location of where he was killed. Bill Carter was in the US Secret Service and worked with JFK as a special agent during his administration. And the weather today will start off cloudy with the odd light shower, but it will soon turn drier this morning with sunny spells later. Lighter winds than yesterday with maximum temperatures expected of 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, England have suffered a batting collapse on day two of their first Ashes test in Brisbane. Having earlier dismissed Australia for 295, England made a steady start by reaching 82 for three before being bowled out for just 136 runs in their first innings. Stuart Broad was England's last wicket to fall. Siddle looking to finish it off. Bowls to Broad. Short. Pulled away. It's in the air. It's going out towards deep mid-wicket. He could well be caught. He is. It's all over. Siddle gets his first wicket, Broad holds out for 32 and England have been bowled out here on the second day for 136. Well, Stevenage manager Graham Westley says it's been a difficult week as he prepares for Saturday's League One trip to Peterborough. The Borough have injury problems and Westley is hoping the situation improves in the next few days. Not a lot of uh, selection uh, problems, but just a question of trying to get uh, enough fit bodies together to, to put a show on the road. So um, a difficult week we've had, a lot of bodies in the treatment room and uh, we're hoping that one or two will piece themselves together before the weekend. The Heineken Cup will go ahead next season despite a planned breakaway tournament, say the Scottish, Welsh, Irish, French and Italian rugby unions. The English union were not invited to yesterday's talks in Dublin. Premiership Rugby, which represents England's top clubs, said planning for the proposed Rugby Champions Cup will continue. First and second practice ahead of the Brazil Formula One Grand Prix takes place today. It's the final race of the season with Sebastian Vettel already crowned world champion. For Vettel's Red Bull teammate, Mark Webber, it's his final race in the sport before leaving to take part in endurance training, racing for Porsche. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Catherine Boyle is joining me uh, to look at the papers. We'll have a Dean Martin song, then we'll have a look at the papers. Perry Como is Pe- a free CD that they're giving away. I have, that, goes that's the, the Daily Mail. I've never seen Perry Como before. He, he just looks like... 
A bloke. Looks like a bloke, doesn't he? It's a very odd look. What did Perry Como sing? I have no idea. Um, oh, I know I know the song he sang. He sang, Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Did he also do, Sweet, sweet, the memories you gave? No, that was this fella. That was Dean Martin. Oh. He did that. Uh, we'll do the papers after this. 08459 555 Start to play, dance with me, make me sway like a lazy ocean hugs the shore. Hold me close, sway me more like a flower bending in the breeze. Bend with me, sway with ease. When we dance, you have a way with me. Stay with me, sway with me. Other dancers may be on the floor Dear, but my eyes will see only you Only you have the magic technique When we sway, I go weak I can hear the sound of violins Long before it begins Make me thrill as only you know how Sway me smooth, sway me Dancers may be on the floor Dear, but my eyes will see only you Only you have the magic technique When we sway, I go weak I can hear the sound of violins Long before it begins Make me thrill as only you know how Sway me smooth Yeah, that happened. <laughs> that just happened. Just hit me in the gut with a comet. I tossed you the local one the of the local newspapers. Comet. And you reacted... That's hard-hitting news. It's like I'd just thrown a load of spiders in your eyes. You winded me a bit. Uh, Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle is there, and we're having a little look at uh, the newspapers today. And, um, well, uh, lots... I I tell you what, let's just quickly dwell on this, because it's such a big story. The three women that were held prisoner for 30 years. Now, lots going to come out. It's possible that the 30-year-old was born in captivity. Uh, it's for those in the note I've got to say the police officer investigating this looks like Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys he really does it's an an thin Brian Wilson it's a thin Brian Wilson but it's just the most incredible story 30 years and it always begs the question how did no one notice 30 years captivity you're right how did no one notice did did their neighbours not who were those three women you got trapped they kept themselves themselves yeah I bet they did 
It's cool. it's fascinating. We've got someone on the line. Who's that on the line? This is Steve. Hello, Ian. Hello, Steve. How are you doing? You're right. I'm great. I can't what I can't understand. Thirty years, the last Doctor Who episode those girls saw was the five doctors. I don't in nineteen eighty three. I don't we think can... they would be watching Doctor Who, Steve. Well, they better be watching it this week. Why aren't the papers full of Doctor Who? That's what I want to Hang know. on a second, is this Steve Berry? It is Steve Ah, Berry. Steve. You know who Steve Berry is, don't you? Remind me. He's the editor stroke author of Behind the Sofa Celebrity Memories of Doctor Who. It's that Steve Berry. Someone's in that book. So, yeah, no, listen, I, I, you, ages and ages ago, I got this email from some freak called Steve... It was, it was him. Hi. Say, hello. hello. <laughs> Saying, listen, I'm doing, I'm doing a Doctor Who book. Uh, could you write... Some? Well, I can't even remember what I wrote in there, Steve, it was so long ago. What, you wrote what? some wonderful things about how much you loved K-9. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds about right. No, you also told me about sort of meeting a Dalek and stuff as well. I had a d- Having a Dalek uh, hidden, hidden yep. somewhere in a garage. My dad, my dad nicked a Dalek from the BBC for a the weekend. Thief. The thief. I know, it's cr- he gave it back, but he, he, my dad said, look, he used to work for the BBC and he nicked stuff. And we had a lock-up garage in our estate in Slough and he said, come, well, come around to the garage, I've got something to show you. Oh, boring. And we were in there, he opened it and my sister and I, I was probably five, I've got a great picture, I'll dig out the picture of it and uh, show you. I, I was five, my sister was eight and we were terrified. He opened the garage, there was a Dalek in there. And then we spent the whole day just sat in a Dalek being pushed around by my dad. Oh my I've got a br- I must dig out that picture. So Steve, t- tell us quickly about this book. Well, it's um, all, all, the, all the royalties are in aid of Alzheimer's Research UK. Um, it is a collection of celebrity memories of Doctor Who. It's got people like Jonathan Ross, Chris Tarrant, Joe Wiley, all the big names in radio. Yes, Ian mate. Lee, Sophia yeah. Miles, Richard Madeley. I'm just name-dropping, basically. You're name-dropping. And it's yeah, just them talking about what... Actors, writers, comedians, TV presenters, politicians, all the people who watch Doctor Who. And just talking about what, what Doctor Who meant to them. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's got their own individual memory of it. I mean, it's not sort of generic stuff. Some people, you know, have some really very, very specific memories, mm. and it's it's lovely. I mean, as I say, it's taken me four years to put together. Yeah, lazy. Lazy, uh, Steve. <laughs> Naughty. But it's Steve, just in time for the 50th. The 50th is coming out tomorrow. I am very excited, even though I didn't really like Matt Smith. We are, we are having a Doctor Who special. Sell it to my grumpy producer, Catherine. Oh, she yes. hates it. You don't like Doctor Who, do you, Catherine? Surely you can't... Surely you, if you'd have seen that, doc, that drama that was on last night, An Adventure in Time and Space, the story of how Doctor Who was born with William Hartnell, and the very last scene... I don't even know one of, if I want to spoil it. Have you seen it yet? I've not seen it. I've taped it. There's a very last scene, which is heartbreaking. Oh. It is heartbreaking. <laughs> I, I defy you, Catherine, to give that... That 90-minute film, a try, and if you don't then want to go and watch an episode of Doctor Who, well then, well, read my book. Oh, you're very persuasive. There's 150 people in there persuading you that it's the best television programme that's ever been made. And you're off to the XL today as well, aren't you? I am. I'm literally one foot out of the door Mm. because I am going to be one of the stewards at the XL. Good for you. You never know, I might get to meet Matt Smith. Well, who's the best Doctor? Who's the worst Doctor? Uh, Tom Baker was the best Doctor. There's no such thing as the worst Doctor. There are are wonderful chaps, all of him. Really? Absolutely. Even all of him? Hey, I fell in love with the show in Tom Baker's era. I watched it right through Peter Davison. I even, you know, I was watching when when, when Colin Baker was on. I even went to meet him. Um, Sylvester McCoy happened to coincide with the era when I went to university and got a bit more interested in girls and music and sports. But... It doesn't mean I haven't revisited those episodes since and thought, well, there's a lot in them, you know, and it, yes, okay, it suffered a bit because the BBC didn't have the money to invest in it back in the 80s and everybody wanted to kill it, but 
the best thing about it is still stuff in there that sparks people's imagination. Steve. The people who make the show now yeah. are the people who watch the show then. Very, very quickly, because we're, we're running out of time. We'll let you plug the book again in a second. Is it true, I've heard a rumour, that Tom Baker will be in this Doctor Who special tomorrow? I have heard that rumour too. Yes. And the rumour has been sourced from Tom Baker himself. Yes. So you have to make a decision as to whether or not you believe him. Yeah. He does talk a load of old baloney sometimes. If you want a good read, go and buy Tom Baker's autobiography. Man alive, that's a book. Very quickly, uh, Steve, what's, what's your book again and where can people get it? Okay, the book is called Behind the Sofa, Celebrity Memories of Doctor Who. All the royalties are going to Alzheimer's Research UK. You can get it in every bookshop and all those online ones. Oh, you and did. now he's got to go. I said he's got to be Steve, out. Steve, go, 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 go. Thank you very much. You see, these are the nice... I co- might watch that thing. And it just made me remember the Sylvester McCoy thing might have been what turned me off. Yep. I remember seeing a programme where they were in a high-rise and people were eating each other. Do you remember that one? No, don't remember that I one. I think Bonnie Langford might have been. Oh, yeah, Bonnie Langford. She wasn't doing yeah. the eating, she was doing the running. Hey, there's... Uh, in the, thank you for that, Steve. Excellent stuff. Uh, we'll be celebrating more of Doctor Who later on. Page 19 of The Sun, there is uh, a, a street that's shaped like... Um, well, it's shaped like... Uh, well, it's shaped like uh, a gentleman's ding-dong. It's, it's uh, two cul-de-sacs and a long uh, avenue. And it's, it's, there's a, sky, a picture from the sky, and it's shaped like a gentleman's uh, um, crown jewels. <laughs> and they've put some very, very rude... Uh, captions, the speech bubbles coming out of the houses. I can read three of the four. Ding dong, anyone home? Fine. Is this a cul-de-sac? Oh dear, my doorknob's dropped off. I can't read the last one. <laughs> I, it's to do with uh, with a semi-detached. I can't read it. It's t- it's vulgar. Grow up the sun. Grow, Grow up, up the sun. Although it is quite a funny picture. You got anything else? No. Shall we uh, end it there? Um. Oh, no, I've got one. Topsy uh, and Tim. Oh, yes, I've been watching that. Yeah, it's, I quite like that. Quite fun. It's nice, isn't it? Topsy and Tim is a kids' TV programme based on books that I think are about 30 years old, 40 years old. Very okay. old, but they've modernised it, so, yeah. so Mummy isn't always in the kitchen all the time. Wrong, wrong. Oh. Uh, angry parents have blasted the BBC's telly remake of Topsy and Tim as flabbergastingly sexist. Oh. The children's series, which began on CBBS earlier this month, is based on the kids' books published in the 1960s. One of the many posts on internet forum Mumsnet read, It's flabbergastingly sexist. Mummy and Topsy do the washing up, and Tim helps Daddy with the man's work. Well, in the books that happened... Oh, for goodness sakes. For goodness sakes. It's a little bit of harmless fun for kids. Stop trying to ruin programmes that my three-year-old's like. And who washes up anyway? Dishwashers. Yeah, you load the dishwashers, women. That's what you do. No one empties it, Mike. Man has made your life easier by inventing a dishwasher for you. So get on with it and stop posting on the internet. Get off that computer. You're not allowed unless I say so. 08459 Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In North Watford, the A41 heading north is busy around the Dome roundabout and in Boreham Wood, things are looking heavy on the Barnet Bypass. That's the A1 between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. In Welling Garden City on the A414, that's Hartford Road. There are roadworks there near Bush Hall Lane. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Gossip, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. Right, 6.46, it's Friday the 22nd of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Splash Celebrity Diving TV programme has earned Luton Borough Council £80,000. Two people have been released on bail, having been questioned about three women who were allegedly held as slaves for 30 years in a house in London. 
In cricket, England made a steady start in the Ashes by reaching 82 for three before being bowled out for just 136 runs in their first innings. Coming up, it's our introducing track of the week. But before that, let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hi, Ian. So we're having trouble connecting to weather. So maybe if you put your mouth near the microphone, then we... Yeah, but I haven't found the weather yet. Okay. Hold on. Weather. It's not snowed yet, has it? The, 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 you can't do a weather bulletin saying, it's not snowed yet, has it? Oh, it's not snowed it yet, has it? Ah, kid. It was quite cold <laughs> this morning when I got in, if that helps. Oh, it was quite cold this morning when I got in. <laughs> oh, it's not snowed yet, ah, kid, has it? You can't do that, ladies. Wait. You're really letting the BBC down. Melt up sunshine on old BBC. You got it yet, Kelly? No, wait a second. OK, no problem. Uh, let's just pick there. Um, oh, oh, no, don't, don't look at that. That's a graph. That. She's oh, got here a we graph. Go. Here we go. Here Here's we go. Here comes the weather. <clears throat> Shout today. Roberto Peroni. I can bring you now some good news for women. What do you look like in a pair of Speedos or swimming trunks? A pumpkin had been stolen from outside a hairdresser's salon. We've had lots of support since your programme, lots of phone calls telling us not to worry and everyone's looking out for them. What could I do to bring a smile to Dame Kelly Holmes's face? <laughs> do you know what that sound is? I do. They're alpacas. I've got six alpacas. They're lovely. One takes the mickey. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. I do. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, BBC Introducing is a show on this radio station that showcases upcoming musicians from Beds, Hearts and Bucks every Saturday evening from 8 o'clock. And if you know someone making music, tell them to upload it on the computer thing. Go to bbc.co.uk slash introducing. They could become our introducing track of the week and get played on this radio station on this show. Just like Alex Bay, he's a singer-songwriter from Hitchin, and this is his track, Nobody Like You. Brought bags. Here I stand in front of you, trying not to break the news. I don't want to leave. How am I going to leave you when I don't want to go? If I ever fall asleep Who's gonna wake me up when it's time to go Who's gonna do the things that you used to do Nobody like you Nobody like you Bigger bear. 
If I ever fall asleep, who's gonna wake me up when it's time to go? Who's gonna do the things that you used to do? Nobody like you. Nobody like you. That's a surprise. Nobody like I quite like that one. Of course you did. Normally they Brilliant. suck. I'm joking. Normally they're at least adequate. But that was... Br- I like that. Good. Who's he? He's Alex Bay. He's from Hitchin. And he has an EP out if you want to go to his Facebook page, which is Alex Bay Music. Excellent stuff. Good for him. Well, he's good. I like that. That was good, wasn't it, Kath? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I like it. We'll have, we'll have more of that. Can we have, can we have that one next week? Do you want the weather now? I've got it. If you uh, want I'm it. not really... You sure? Yeah. It will start off cloudy. Okay. Uh, this week it's Prisons Week on BBC. If, by the way, if you, if you want the weather, just phone up oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You don't have to go on air, but Kelly will just tell, give you a private weather reading. Um, so that's just which is what we do here at the BBC. It's one of the things we do. And she looks really pleased I've said that. Nice one, Kelly. Thank you. Very generous of you. All this week, BBC Three Counties Radio is exploring the reality of life behind bars with a series of thoughts from those who have experience of prisons in the three counties. Today, we hear from the partner of a serving offender. Today, we're at the visitor centre at Bedford Prison and we meet the partner of a serving prisoner. This visit centre is actually very nice. Uh, the people that, are, that take the bookings are really lovely people. Um, I've never had any issues when I've booked in here. It's very difficult with a partner in jail, um, especially this time around because it's licensed recall circle and he still hasn't been to court. So technically, I don't feel like he should even be here this time. There's lots of things that I can't do when he's not around. Um, things seem to go wrong at, at home. <laughs> uh, things always need fixing when he's not there. Things that I can't do. Financially, it's difficult, you know. Um, but I'm quite lucky where I can claim back my visits. So the money that I pay out to travel, I get that back. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to even visit him. I have two children. They're not actually my partner's children, but because he lives with us as part of a family, so it's very difficult on them and very sad, really. I've been with him seven years, so they're kind of used to it as much as what I am. But, you know, originally when he first comes in, it's very emotional, crying, you know, tears. It's quite hard to deal with. It affects my son at school. I always have to keep his school updated with what is going on because he tends to um, play up a little bit when it all first happens. Um... And they always say to me, you know, can you let us know when, when court dates are due? And because it tends to, he tends to play up a little bit on... It's quite hard. I've lost friends over the years, friends that don't agree with my relationship, but if they were my friends, they'd be there for me, no matter what. I've got good friends that I rely on, and I, I wouldn't get through it without them. I look forward to seeing him, even though it's just an hour. You know, it's, it's face-to-face rather than just over the phone a couple of times a week. The hardest thing for me, I think, is leaving the visits room, knowing that I have to leave him behind. And he never looks back. I always look back, but he don't. And I've asked him why, and he said it's because he, he doesn't like watching me walking away. That's definitely the hardest part, coming home and knowing I've got to leave him here. 
it's only me that visits as well so if I don't visit he wouldn't get any visits oh I feel angry with him lots of times when he comes back to jail um, and we have rows we do I, even on visits there's times when we spend the whole time rowing because I'm really angry with him when, and he says you know I don't choose to come to jail I'm like yeah but you choose to do things that risk you coming to jail I'd like to think eventually he'd grow up and just use his brain rather than and think of consequences, which I don't think he does. I don't think he thinks of the consequences. I stick by him because I love him for all my sins and his. Um, he, I, he's the love of my life, so I couldn't be without him, even when he's not at home. Yeah, I know he's, I've still got him, you know. better than that does it fantastic morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio 08459 455555 we're talking about jfk we're talking about doctor who also talking a bit about splash we will uh, find out more after we get the latest travel travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio Speed sensors are showing that Harpenden looks very busy on Luton Road in both directions, just where the turning for the station road is. And in Brickett Wood, North Orbital is now heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In North Watford, the A41 northbound is busy around the Dome roundabout. And in Boreham Wood, things are heavy on the Barnet Bypass between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. On public transport, there are no reported problems at the moment. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. 
Right, lots to get through on the show this morning. If you want to give us a call, I suggest you do it now as a couple of the lines are free. 08 459 455 555. What are your memories? Well, it's two momentous anniversaries today. One we're commemorating, one we're celebrating. Today, the 50th anniversary of JFK being assassinated. What are your memories? And I will, just this once, allow you to indulge in conspiracy theories. Just this once. Let's get the news first. Here's Barry. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, amount of money Lutonborough Council earned from Splash Series revealed. Couple questioned about holding three women as slaves released on bail. And ceremony to remember JFK 50 years on. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been revealed that Lutonborough Council earned £80,000 from the television series Splash. The figure was disclosed in a Freedom of Information request by BBC Three Counties Radio. Carol Abercrombie has more. While the Borough Council trumpeted the success of the last series, its leader Hazel Simmons didn't want to tell us how much they'd earned from it. I can't tell you. I'm not allowed to. And that was the agreement we made with the television company. The £80,000 will be spent on three portable springboards and a new management system for booking lessons. The celebrity diving show will return to our screens in a couple of months' time and will again be filmed at Luton's Inspire Sports Village. A couple who were being questioned about allegations that three women were kept as slaves for at least 30 years have been released on police bail. Detectives revealed yesterday that the women who were aged 30, 57 and 69 had been rescued from a house in South London last month. More details from our Home Affairs correspondent, Danny Shaw. The two suspects were questioned on suspicion of involvement in forced labour and domestic servitude before being released on police bail until January. The couple, who are not British nationals, were arrested at a house in Lambeth yesterday morning, more than a month after police were first alerted. Scotland Yard said it had taken a week before the women could be rescued and then further investigations had to be carried out before the arrest could be made. The BBC understands that the former chairman of Co-op Bank, Paul Flowers, has been arrested in the Merseyside area. In a statement, West Yorkshire Police said officers had detained a 63-year-old man in connection with an ongoing investigation into the supply of drugs. Four Luton Town football fans have been cleared of being involved in violence at a match away to Lincoln City. It happened last October before the game, as Ewan Duncan reports. During the seven-day trial, Lincoln Crown Court heard how the disturbance included chairs and beer glasses being thrown inside the Ritz pub on Lincoln High Street. The incident on a Saturday lunchtime left customers fleeing for their safety. The four Luton Town fans said they weren't the aggressors and acted in self-defence after being attacked by home supporters while having a pre-match drink. The jury took just over three hours to return not-guilty verdicts. And today is the 50th anniversary of President John F. Kennedy's assassination in Dallas. A ceremony is planned in Dallas's Dealey Plaza, the location of where he was killed. Sharon Hickey is involved with the Chiltern American Women's Club. It just was so, it impacted us so much because not only did we lose this wonderful young family, it was a loss to our nation, but the sadness to this large and boisterous family that played touch football and, you know, it was, it it was just, yeah, it was just shattering. It was horrible. 
On day two of the first Ashes test in Brisbane, England were bowled out of a first innings total of just 136 runs in reply to Australia's 295. The hosts are batting in their second innings now and a short time ago had reached 41 runs without losing a wicket. And the weather today will start off cloudy with the odd light shower. It'll soon turn drier with sunny spells. Maximum temperatures of 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. The best part of Wolverton is um, like the museum. My favourite part of Wolverton is the community spirit. There's always somebody that you know everywhere you go. The nice thing about Wolverton, it seems established. People tend to know their neighbours but not be able to talk with it. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past seven, the 22nd of November. It's a Friday. Is that good news for you? You would think so, wouldn't you? I'd hope so. Lots coming up between now and nine o'clock when JVS takes over, including we have finally found out how much Luton Council got paid for hosting the TV series Splash. They didn't want to tell us, but they have. And I'll tell you in a couple of minutes. Today is the 50th anniversary of the assassination of JFK. I'm looking for your memories of that time. And also, and I don't do this very often, I'm going to allow your conspiracy theories, however ridiculous, however out there, what do you think really happened? Lee Harvey Oswald, lone gunman. I don't think it was. Well, maybe it was. 08459 455 555. And tomorrow is the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. We are going to be celebrating Doctor Who all through the show, and you're more than welcome to take part. 08459 455 555. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or if you wanted to, you could send me a text. 81333. Start your text 3CR, and we might read it out on air. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, the excellent TV series Splash will return to our screens in a couple of months' time and I am very, very excited despite the fact they never returned my email saying I wouldn't mind going on there. It's going to be filmed at Luton's Inspire Sports Village. The council didn't want to give us details of the deal they'd made from the production company. They kind of expected us to take their word for it when they said the town had done quite well out of it. So we put in a freedom of information request. They rejected it. We appealed. We waited and we waited and we waited and we were finally given an answer. And Luton Borough Council made from the uh, series of Splash £80,000. £80,000. Is that a good, good deal? I wasn't so sure. Paul Scorn's political reporter thought it was quite a good deal. I don't know, let's be honest. But uh, my next guest might. She's Hannah Breslin, and she's a senior account manager at the location agency Unit Base. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. So you look for locations for, for TV programmes, do you? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, th- that must be a fun job, just going around and, and sort of having a nosy around buildings and people's houses and things. Yeah, it has benefits, absolutely. How do you determine how much a location is worth in terms of hiring it out for, for filming? Well, quoting for locations is quite ad hoc because you have to take into account um, their requirements and, of course, their budgets as well. 
So, for example, a comedy or a drama would have a very different type of budget to a commercial. And this is a big entertain, big satellite entertainment show on ITV. So they have they have the big bucks to, to splash around, and it's an Olympic style leisure facility, six consecutive weekends, eighty grand. Does, does that sound does that sound about right? Well, it doesn't sound completely unreasonable. Um, without having a breakdown of like the requirements and the times that they were on site and the needs uh, of setup and things like that, there it would be difficult to determine exactly. Um, how much revenue was required but I mean if you take for example £13,000 per week where most studio facilities would charge between 10 and 15 it's quite a a good amount for the community. So, so yeah, so the council have done quite well out of this then it, it, it would appear. It's, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty reasonable uh, amount. Yes, Absolutely. And it, it doesn't. If, if I were, I know that, that that some people make a few quid out of renting their houses out, don't they, for, for TV? I, I imagine if I were to rent out my living room for, for a weekend, I wouldn't get anywhere near that, would I? Probably not. No. Not. That's a shame. That's a yeah. shame. Hannah, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. That's Hannah Breslin, senior account manager at the location agency Unitbase. We can speak now to Conservative Luton Borough Councillor uh, Mike Garrett. Uh, Mike, morning. Good morning. So eighty thousand pounds. It sounds like a good deal. Well, I think it was a good deal um, for the plus of it. Yes, it certainly um, was very accepted by the public. They liked it, they enjoyed it, and it did promote Luton, which is what I've been trying to do for years. And at last, the Labour Council decided that uh, this was a good deal. And yes, it was. But there are questions that uh, need to be answered. Um, You are saying that you had great difficulty in finding out I had great difficulty finding out. Spent me nearly two hours yesterday afternoon trying to find out. No, it's, it's, taken, us, it's taken us months to find out. Yeah, well, well, I got it in the end. But it's where the money's gone and what it's being done with that worries me. Okay, um, so what, what do we know is happening to the, mon- uh, to the money? Well, all I know is, and I don't know a lot, I must admit, um, it's going to take a long time for me to get all the... Di- the to, to uh, be able to uh, cross the T's and dot the I's, but uh, what I have found out is that the majority of the, the £80,000 came to Luton Borough Council. Yeah. Um, most of it then went to Inspire. That's the um, swimming pool. Right. And they were used, they had to use the money for insurance purposes, which is understandable. Um, they also. Um, used it for spending on equipment like uh, portable um, uh, diving boards and things like this. But we're living in a time of hardship, so Luton Borough Council keep telling us. Um, They haven't got money to um, keep the libraries open. They can't keep the streets clean anymore because uh, they've got rid of um, a lot of uh, refuse, uh, not refuse, but road sweepers. Blaming the government for all this, and yet they've got eighty thousand pounds, which I would have thought would have been better used to um, ease the burden on frontline services at Luton Borough Council. So, so what exactly would you like to have seen this eighty thousand pounds paying for? Because in, in the great scheme of things, yes, yeah, bought a few springboards, some insurance, and it, it, it's changed the booking system, I think, for the pool. In the great scheme of things, eighty thousand pounds isn't. A huge amount, is it? No, it's not a huge amount, but uh, it certainly... We have to look at it at the council. 
obviously looked at it from several different ways. Um, not just the financial rewards that was coming, but um, the promotion of Luton. Mm. Luton, over the last few years, as I think everybody knows, has not had a very good reputation. Uh, and I think that anything which he... Uh, achieves that, uh, improves that reputation, can only be a good thing. But what I fail to understand is, when you people contacted me last night, and the email I got from Luton Borough Council, which was obviously a copy of what they sent back to you, was that there was nobody available from Luton Borough Council to answer your questions. Yes, that is, that is correct. And I can't understand why the portfolio holder for leisure wouldn't come on the radio. It seems to me whenever there is anything goes on, you never get a councillor, apart from myself, and I know David Franks does from time to time, the Liberal um, yep. group leader, but you ne very rarely do you ever get anybody from the Labour uh, Council come and speak to you. It does seem Usually odd. Officers. It does seem odd, Mike, doesn't it, that they won't come on and, and say, OK, well, now you know how much it is, uh, that we think it's a great deal, and this is what we've spent it on, and, you know, what are you going to do about it? It, it, it? We were very, very disappointed that, that we couldn't get anybody on, uh, from the Council to, to come and explain things. I mean, it's a bad show, isn't it, when you have to get the leader of the minority group on Luton Borough Council to come and give their view when the council is promoting it, doing everything it can, and yet they refuse. As they say there's never anybody available. There never is. I will always make myself available to the media because I think it don't only promote... Um, councillors doing something and looking into the what's going on in the town but the controlling party ought to take the lead on this and they never do are you a, are you a fan of uh, splash mike uh oh not really oh really uh, it's not my scene um i did um i have been to the swimming pool from time to time not to use it i mean i'm 70 odd now no um but it promotes the town but i think the, the whole setup is in the wrong place. It's up there right by the crematorium, which I don't think is an ideal location. Um, also, um, there are parts of the town which are done greatly by improving the look of the town if it had gone there. Power, power court, I would have thought that would have made an ideal location. Oh, power court, is, is, as we know, is an ongoing uh, blight on the landscape. We've got to end it there, Mike. Thank you very much, uh, indeed. Conservative Luton Borough Councillor uh, Mike Garrett speaking there. 08459 555555 if you want to have your say. Joined now by Hayley Sage, who competed at the Beijing 2008 Olympic Games. She now coaches diving at the Beaumont Diving Centre in Welland Garden City, Hertfordshire. Morning, Hayley. Morning. 80 grand for six weeks. Good deal, do you think? Um, <laughs> a big bill, yeah, I think so. But um, I believe the money's all going back into the sport, isn't it? So, um, from my point of view, that's, that's, that's and, a good thing. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. They, I think they're putting it into new booking systems. Mike there was saying it's insurance and also uh, portable diving boards. How expensive is a portable diving board? Oh, to be honest with you, I've got no idea, but I can imagine it's quite expensive. But yeah. that, that's the problem with diving is that it is, it is expensive, but it's such a great kind of individual sport. Now, listen, you, well. are, you are like a proper diver in it. Did you, uh, did you enjoy Splash? Do you, you think it was, it was good entertainment and did, did the sport well? Yeah, I, I thought it was great entertainment for sort of family family show watching at home for all sort of children to sit sit down as well, and all, all, everyone can be including the family to watch it. It's good fun really yeah. in the day, and it's sort of it was promoting 
dive in and getting you know the, the sport out there a bit more because it is such a great sport but it's still not very well known so i thought it really did that yeah did it upset, upset you when you saw um, people like omi jalili just just jumping off and belly flopping and things like that <laughs> you must be sitting there going, oh, for goodness sakes, he's not even trying. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have, like, you know, put a little twist in there myself, used my arm and made a somersault around a bit more, but <laughs> no, I'm sure she did her best, you know. Hayley, did, did it make you think you wanted to come to Luton and do some diving? Um, yeah, why not? I mean, I do a bit of coaching there as well. When they sort of call me in and I do a bit of other work as well, and I'm, I'm setting up um, a disability diving session as well, um, early in the year, so I'm going to be there a little bit more, really. Brilliant. So, Hayley, yeah. listen, thank you very much indeed for your time. Hayley Sage competed at the Beijing 2008 Olympic Games. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M1 southbound looking slow now between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for Luton Airport. The M25 anti-clockwise, we've got some queues around Junction 23 for South Mims on the speed sensors. Possibly an accident or a breakdown at the start of the roadworks. We haven't got anything confirmed at the moment yet though. Anti-clockwise on the M25, things are slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital is heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, can people... Thank you, Alice. Can people stop doing naked calendars? I'm just on Twitter and uh, someone has tweeted that uh, Bedfordshire Young Farmers are doing a naked... Oh, look at that. You would you would not be picking fruit and veg with no clothes on. That is disgusting. Can we, st- can we just ban all naked calendars, please? Oh, dear. Right. Sorry, rant over. Hate them. We've got one up in the um, sort of little uh, coffee area at BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't want to look at that. Disgusting. I hate nudity. Right, it's uh, 7.17. It's Friday the 22nd of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio has learnt that Luton Borough Council earned £80,000 from the celebrity TV series Splash. A couple who are being questioned about allegations that three women were kept as slaves for at least 30 years have been released on police bail. On day two of the first Ashes test in Brisbane, England were bowled out for a first innings total of just 136 runs in reply to Australia's 295. The weather today will be a dry day with sunny spells. Maximum temperature is 9 degrees Celsius. Coming up... It's 50 years since the assassination of JFK. Shot dead as crowds of supporters lined the streets to welcome him to Dallas. We're getting your memories on that and also your conspiracy theories. BBC Three Counties Radio. of the Doctor tomorrow night at 7.50 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. We're going to, uh, we're going to have that again. This is how excited I am. We're going to play that trail twice. Oh, listen to the TARDIS. Tick tock, Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Here comes Doctor Who and the Daleks. It's time. Doctor Who, yep. the day of the Doctor, mm. tomorrow night at Very. 7.50, yep. on BBC One and BBC One HD. Excellent stuff, indeed. You're excited, aren't you, Dennis? 
I am very much so, yes. Do you want to sing the theme tune with me? No, thank you. Go on. No, it's terrible. I'm, I'm, my, my voice is horrible. I'll start. It's the time of the morning. I'll start. You join in. No, thanks. Then you go. Right, you ready? No. No. So you're going to do that bit, okay? Go on. Now. Keep going. First thing in the morning, making a noise. Here comes Doctor Who and the Daleks. Those are the words. You didn't know there were words to it, did you? No, I didn't even know about Doctor Who, actually. Huh? I, I didn't know anything about Doctor Who. Oh, well, you know what spaceship he travels in. No. Yes, you do. No. Yes, you do. No. Yes, you do. What is it? You do know. Do I? Yes. Say what it. is it? Say it. Say what? You know it. I don't know it. Say it. It's never been one of my programmes. Say it. Hartnell, I think, was the first fellow I've seen. I've not since then. You knew. So what, what spaceship did Hartnell, Hartnell, Hartnell travel in? God knows. You do? No. You do? No. Say it. Anyway. Say Tardis. Shot Kennedy. Say Tardis. Tardis. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. You see? Are you going to be watching it tomorrow? No. Nope. Why? Well, because it's, I was never very interested in the first place. You will. No. I tell you what, Dennis. Yeah. I tell you what we'll do. You watch it tomorrow, mm. then you come on the show on Monday, and you can be the official BBC Three Counties television critic. Yeah? Am I going to get paid for this? Well. Uh, Hey. You speak to Nick Coffer about that. OK? <laughs> He'll sort you out. If you're any good, you know, we can... I'm not... You know, Nick's... You know, we can, you can take Nick's slot, is what I'm is what I'm implying here. Doctor Who, I don't know. Yeah, you're going to watch it tomorrow? Uh, if I can persuade my wife to let me. <laughs> oh, Dennis! You've got a conspiracy theory about JFK, have you? Yes. Go on. Right, well, first of all, it was a, he was a receding target... Right, he was moving away from where the shot's supposed to have come from. Okay, he was shot with a very cheap Italian rifle, and I don't think he had sights. I don't think he had uh, uh, um, telescopic sights from yeah. the one they showed you. And if you listen to it, it goes bang, bang, very quick shots. And it was an it wasn't an automatic rifle. Could have been an echo. No, no, two shots right. definitely fired. Yeah, and. That meant he was a very expert marksman yeah. with a cheap rifle, and it had to be very rapidly uh, reloaded and fired. And, and you don't think me, Oswald I, was capable of that? No, I don't think so. So who did it then, Dennis? I don't know. I don't. I know this thing about the, the grassy knoll and all the rest of it. It really depends on if you can find out what, where the bullet hit his head. Did he hit the back? The, will he turn round? It just depends where he had his head at the time when the bullet was fired. Then he could say where it came from. But, I mean, there again, they got rid of Lee Harvey Oswald without taking him to court by getting somebody to shoot him. Jack Ruby, yes. Yeah, and he was dying of cancer, so it didn't matter to him. Yeah. You know, so the whole thing has to put up from start to finish. Really? I don't think he... St- I don't think that Oswald could have stood a cat in hell of hitting somebody that distance. Dennis, thank you very much indeed. Who is out there? 08459 555555. We do- normally don't indulge conspiracy theories because they are tosh. Two planes went into the Twin Towers that were piloted by terrorists. That's it. That's all that happened. I said that's all that happened, but, it, but there was no... It wasn't the government. It wasn't George Bush. It wasn't any of that. Princess Diana crashed because she was being driven by a French drunk driver. It was going too fast and she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. JFK... I'm not sure. 
We'll take your conspiracy theories. 08459 555 It is 50 years since the assassination of JFK. Shot dealers, crowds of supporters line the streets welcoming him to Dallas. I'm sure... Sure, you've all seen the uh, the footage, the Sabruda footage that uh, was being filmed by uh, a gentleman um, at the time, and uh, that's partly why the, the story I think has so much power over us because of that shocking footage. Uh, John Musto is from Bedford. He was studying in America at the time and part of a generation of bright young men and women who saw. Well, it, it, would it be right to say, John, you saw JFK as, as a bit of a, a trailblazer and an inspiration for the youth? Oh, I think he was, yeah. Um, he was uh, young, he was good looking. Um, he, you know, he gave a picture of dynamism uh, and uh, not the old fogies from around uh, Washington. Yeah, he was a very attractive picture. It, they were an attractive couple, and I guess. Yes, they were. They were kind of like the first movie star, you know, screen idol couple, weren't they? A Very political true. couple. Yeah, that's absolutely true. What was what was the feeling like in the states when he came into power and and and, uh, and he was president in those early days? Well, of course, uh, it was a very close-run uh, election. So, you know, we had uh, Republicans, Democrats, very finely balanced uh, on that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he wasn't uh, necessarily welcomed by everybody. Uh, you know, there were people who thought they wanted to go with somebody with more experience than mm. he had. And where were you when you heard the news? Well, I was working for the Ford Motor Company up in Detroit at the time, and I was just getting ready uh, that Friday, um, just about lunchtime, when rumors started to come in that the president had been shot, um, to drive down to uh, my wife's folks in Georgia, a thousand miles away. Um, because I'd done one year with Ford Motor Company, and that earned me four days' holiday. Oh, wow. wow. Well done, you, John. <laughs> I mean, just throwing money at it. Um, and then the Thanksgiving um, Friday was coming up. So with the four days plus the Thanksgiving, I, I could take out the next week, mm. plus the two weekends, made it possible to do the drive down there and spend some time with her folks um, and then drive back up, ready for the following Monday morning. And, and did it throw... Uh, I mean, obviously, the Thanksgiving is a huge celebration and it a giving is, of yeah. thanks. Did, did it throw a dampener on, on the Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, the Thanksgiving was uh, sort of pushed into the background. Um, I mean, uh, the rumours started, and, of course, it was a Friday afternoon, like everybody, you know, you start to pack up on a Friday afternoon. Um, and then... Uh, it was announced the president was dead, which was at uh, uh, something like uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, because Dallas is on Central Time, mm. so they're an hour you know, later, as it were. Um, and uh, so uh, we were driving down uh, oh, all the way through, uh, you know, Ill uh, from Illinois and uh, down to uh, Indiana and on into uh, Kansas and and um, Tennessee. And, you know, it's a long, long drive down there. No c car radio in those days. So uh, we would stop every so often, pick up the latest edition of the papers, just to mm. track what was going on. It does seem incredible, doesn't it, in, in, in a world of 24-hour news, that you couldn't even hear stuff yeah. in the car. And I mean, and the, the, the footage that we've all seen wasn't seen yeah. for quite a sub significant time until after the event, was it? 
Yeah, well, that's true, I suppose, yeah. I mean, it was private uh, film that somebody just happened to be filming. Uh, it wasn't part of an official uh, photographic team mm. or anything like that, yeah. John, any, any, I mean, do you buy the Lee, Harvey Oswald, the lone gun man, or do you, do you think there's more to it? Well, I, I reckon it's a 50-50. I think most likely Lee Harvey Oswald, nutcase, did it himself. But... There is a, uh, if, if you need a, a conspiracy, what you need is a motive. You need um, a, um, a killer uh, who preferably is killed before, and uh, you need a tool. Now, the only thing we know about Lee R. Harvey Oswald, which is the slightest interest before he shot the president, was that he went to Russia of his own free will. He spent four years in Russia. He came back with a Russian wife which was a bit extraordinary, really, Mm. because the Russians were very reluctant to let foreigners come to Russia, marry Russian women, and take them out. It usually took months, if not years, of negotiations to to, to get your wife back out again. Mm. And, of course, uh, this was still in the shadow of the Cuban crisis, when Kennedy had looked Khrushchev in the eye, faced him down, forced him to uh, withdraw his missiles from uh, from Cuba, and uh, that was a big black eye for the Soviet Union. So we have Khrushchev, who has a motive. Khrushchev has a long history of killing people, of course, because he was part of the top uh, communist group uh, in the Ukraine when the big starvation there killed off several million people. And <clears throat> he was also... Uh, part of a very small group in the Kremlin who, when Stalin died, his successor was a man called Bira, who was in charge of the secret police, and Khrushchev was part of a little group of men who went through the Kremlin, where they all lived, and personally shot him. Um, so, uh, you know, he was well used to the idea yeah. that if you have a political enemy, kill him. You you know? get rid of it, him. it works. Um, John, listen, I I could talk to you all morning. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you very much indeed. That's John Musto from Bedford. He was studying in America uh, at the time that JFK was shot. Two things on this, please, if you will indulge me. I want your memories of of where you were at the time. Please don't phone up and say you were leaning out of a a, a bookstore depository window holding a rifle. That would be silly and churlish. And anyone says that will get short shrift. But where were you at the time and what impact did it have on you? And also, just this once, very occasionally, I open the doors to conspiracy theories. This morning, you are welcome. However weird and bizarre they are, who shot JFK and why? 08459 455 555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for Luton Airport. The N25 clockwise, there are some queues around Junction 23 for South Mims. Might be an accident or a breakdown just at the start of the roadworks there. Anti-clockwise on the M25, looking slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Now on the speed sensors, the A41 southbound, just leaving Aylesbury, is very slow approaching Broughton. On public transport, there's no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC. See three counties radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Let's get the news and sport now. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's half past seven, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, it's been revealed that Luton Borough Council earned £80,000 from the TV series Splash. The figure was disclosed in a Freedom of Information request by BBC Three Counties Radio. A couple who were being questioned about allegations that three women were kept as slaves for at least 30 years have been released on police bail. Detectives revealed yesterday that the women who are aged 30, 57 and 69 had been rescued from a house in South London last month. A National Day of Remembrance is taking place in America to mark the 50th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. President Obama has ordered that all public buildings lower their flags to half-mast for the occasion. JFK was shot dead as he rode in a motorcade through the city of Dallas in Texas. And the weather today will start off cloudy with the odd light shower. However, it will soon turn drier with sunny spells breaking through. Maximum temperatures of 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England suffered a batting collapse on day two of the first Ashes test in Brisbane. Having earlier dismissed Australia for 295, England made a steady start by reaching 82 for three before being bowled out for just 136 runs in their first innings. Stuart Broad was England's last wicket to fall. Siddle looking to finish it off. Bowls to Broad. Short. Pulled away. It's in the air. It's going out towards Demon Wicket. He could well be caught. He is. It's all over. Siddle gets his first wicket, Broad holds out for 32 and England have been bowled out here on the second day for 136. Well the hosts are batting in their second innings now and a short time ago had reached 41 runs without losing a wicket. In football, Stevenage manager Graham Wesley says it's been a difficult week as he prepares for Saturday's League One trip to Peterborough. The Borough have injury problems and Wesley is hoping the situation improves in the next few days. Not a lot of uh, selection uh, problems, but just a question of trying to get uh, enough fit bodies together to to put a show on the road. So uh, a difficult week we've had, Um, a lot of bodies in the treatment room and uh, we're hoping that one or two will piece themselves together before the weekend. The Heineken Cup will go ahead next season despite a planned breakaway tournament. Say the Scottish, Welsh, Irish, French and Italian rugby unions. Premiership Rugby, which represents England's top clubs, say planning for the proposed new Rugby Champions Cup will continue. Jensen Button says that despite a season of struggle, he's confident McLaren will be stronger in 2014. Button heads into the year, ending Brazil Grand Prix without winning a place on the podium this season, but he feels better times are around the corner. It's always tough when you don't have a quick car from the word go. Uh, We haven't been able to catch Red Bull. I think we've caught a lot of the other teams, but Red Bull have pulled away from most of those teams. So tough year for us. You try so many different things when the car's not competitive. You look in every sort of area, under every rock. Um, So I feel that we're a much stronger team for this year. It's tough when you're enduring it, but uh, next year you'll see a stronger McLaren. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll have a full bulletin at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, blimey. Oh, blimey. To quote Frank Sy, bottom of upset a naked farmer. Oh, there's another one of those naked uh, calendars. on. There, there are far too many of them. I mean, while it's for an excellent, excellent cause, and we'll get to that in a second, I've upset a naked farmer. Uh, this morning, we're talking uh, naked calendars, we're talking Doctor Who, and we're talking JFK. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number. Mark's in Hemel. Morning, Mark. 
Hello, Ian. How are you, sir? Happy 50th anniversary of Doctor Who tomorrow. Great, mate. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm just wondering. You sound like you're travelling through time and space. What's going on? I'm in the middle of the... You're in the middle of the what? The country. Okay. Um, the, the, the Time Lord, during the TARDIS, it was a top 20 in the 80s. Any chance you could play? Let me just have a look so we've got it on the computer. The Time Lord's Doctor in the TARDIS. Hang on a second. Yeah. This. Hey! Hey! No, I'm not playing that. We don't do requests, Mark. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. Not a word. Not a word of it. Also, you know who gets royalties for that, don't you? You know who gets royalties for that song? No, not me. Gary Glitter. Oh, you see what you've done? Andrew's in Bedford. Morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Andrew. JFK, who shot him and why? Yeah, well, I, I saw a programme um, on Channel 5, I don't know if you saw it, on 13th November. Uh, uh, Channel 5, 13th of November, no, I missed it. Um, well, that came out with the fear that it was actually shot by a Secret Service agent. Oh, go on. Bentley. Oh. Uh, what happened was, um, it was, there was a motorcade and the car behind it was full of Secret Service agents. Yeah. And supposedly, uh, the Secret Service agent heard the two shots that came from the Texas school depository. Yes. Got up and he, he reached down and got this automatic weapon. Yeah. Took the safety off it and accidentally discharged the what? weapon in, into Kennedy's head. Hang on a second. That that sounds like the, the worst conspiracy theory ever. So it was a fella in the car behind him. Yeah, George Hickey, apparently, he was named. He died um, 2005. Well, surely the people next to him have gone, George, what are you doing? You've just shot the president, you idiot. Oh, God, don't tell no one. Well, there was a big cover-up afterwards. Yeah, I bet. Um, which, 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 which would be, you know... I mean, if it had come out of the Secret Service, I mean, they would never have lived it down. There were quite a, a lot of... There were quite a few people there, wasn't there? A big crowd. They would have gone, Hey, that bloke just shot the president! Yeah, but, I mean, in the melee, would you? I mean, um... Yes. I mean, it, the, uh, the weapons have like already a gone melee. off, and a, a third shot being heard is, you know, it's, uh, in the confusion. Yeah. And also, I mean, it, it, it was very difficult. I mean, they, they reconstructed the moving vehicle, you know, on a, on a track thing, and it took 43 attempts to get the three shots on target. Yeah. And that was it. Can, can we, can we, I know it's 50 years now. Can we just set one thing straight? Because I only found this out five years ago. Five years ago. Kelly Betts, right, I'm going to ask you a question, OK? This is, Kelly Betts is the voice of youth, OK? What's a book depository? Don't know. No, exactly. I didn't know what a book depository was. Catherine, you know, don't it you? It was for schools, wasn't it? But, but what is a book depository? Well, it's like the excess, the overspill from their library. It's a library. Mm-hmm. It's Why don't they say... A book depository is a library. It's a library. It's quicker what? to just yeah, but say they library. didn't have access to it, did they? No, but why don't they just say it was a library? Library, It's yeah. shot in from a library window. So for years I'm thinking, what's a book depository? And about five years ago, oh, it's a library. You deposit books there. It's a library. Why don't they call it a library? We don't go, oh, I'm going to pop into uh, Luton Book Depository now and uh, get some uh, John le Carre's. You know, what is ridiculous, isn't it? No. Oh, sorry? It's not a library, in. Oh, that's the last 30 seconds of radio just wasted. What is it, then? It's, it's the storage of all the books that are not currently being used. It's not, there's no access oh, to it, okay. as in a well, situation I'm, of a library. I'm glad you've corrected that, then, 50 years. Depository. Yes. Okay. It's all the It's all the textbooks throughout te- the, the uh, state of Texas that are not currently being used oh, and may be used in the future. You can't go into it oh. and select a book. Andrew, you've corrected me. I, f- I, I feel humbled. I think oh, I'm about- you're Doctor Who, Ian. Yes? There's not been a lot of Doctor Who content, has there? 
Well, that, that, now that is a point. There hasn't been much Doctor Who oh, content. Oh dear, I forgot. But Justin, you're coming up with some Doctor Who content in a second, aren't you? Yes. Oh, oh right. Listen, guys. And, Andrew, you want to hear it, don't you? Yes. Try, so, so, That's why I've tuned in. Why, why do you we'll think I was up with Scott this morning? Right. So just, I've been excited over, overnight, and I've been like Christmas Day for me. Yes. <laughs> 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 up to you. You delivered the goods. You're not... <laughs> Well, right, listen, you. all I, I, I can I tell you, I know at some point later in the show, I uh, just before eight o'clock, I have a mystery guest coming on, Andrew. I genuinely don't know who it is. I'm hoping it's Tom Baker. If it's not, I'll be disappointed. But I, we have a mystery guest coming on who's associated with Doctor Who, so keep listening for that. Woo! Justin, stop doing it. If he's got to live up to standard, or he or she has got to live up to the standard, though. Definitely. <laughs> I'm hoping it's a bloke. Justin, apologise to Andrew. Right. Sorry, Andrew. Right, J- J- Justin, I'll be with you in a second because I have to. Um, I- I'm about to get told off by a naked farmer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. I know. I know. The stuff I have to do. Emma's in Bedford. Do you want to give me a rollicking, do you, Emma? Yes, please. I'd like to give you a rollicking on G- behalf of Bedfordshire Young Farmers. Okay, give me a, 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 a rollick away. I was driving along to work, minding my own business, and my traffic alert happened to come on, and there oh. you were, Ian. Yes. And I heard you hang very, se- very quickly... Hang on a second, hang on a second. Why, were, why weren't you listening to our station initially? Why did it take the traffic alert to get you to BBC <laughs> Three Counties, Emma? My husband, my awful husband, had been in the car prior to me, and he had changed the channel, what, so what, I wasn't... What rubbish does he listen to? Well, it's not rubbish. He had classic FM. Oh, OK. I, I, I like, we like classic. All right, well, we'll let, we'll let that one go. Go on, yeah. So That's you listen... Fine. The travel so, kicked in. Yes, travel kicked in, and there I heard you branding very quickly and very dismissively, branding the Bedfordshire Young Farmers calendar, naked calendar, as vile. And I couldn't do anything but dial up very quickly. You've, you've dialed it very quickly. A rollick away. Correct me. Go I, on. I think, as a broadcaster, you have a respo- responsibility yes. not to brand these wonderful young people who are working tirelessly to raise money for Mind, the yep. mental health charity, yep. in memory of one of their members, Lizzie Barnes, who committed suicide, tragically. Yep. Um, Lizzie wanted to take part in the last um, Young Farmer's Naked Calendar, but as she was underage, she wasn't able to, and that's why they chose to use this method okay. um, in her memory. And, it's, and these li- beautiful... Listen- well, they, they are. They're, they're, I would rather see them with clothes on. Listen, Emma, I, I didn't realise the charity when I said that, and I take that back a little bit. It's a wonderful charity, and I'm, I'm very sorry that a, a dear friend was lost. But, 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 couldn't they have done it with their clothes on? I, I'm so tired of naked calendars, Emma. It's just a little bit of fun. Why do we need to be tired of naked calendars? Because there's it's so not, many of it's them. It's not really the point. It's, it's not really the point. We like, we, you know how this world works. We like to bring things back. Naked calendars are almost retro now. You there's know? a naked Young woman with a bale of hay in front of her. I hope it's a bale of and hay. doesn't she look beautiful? No, it looks horrible. Very, my very good friend, Hannah Walton, is actually in the vegetable patch picture, Ooh. being covered by um, a rather small watering can. She looks fantastic. There's you a know, man you... who's... There's a, right, there's, now, this is horrible. You'll admit this is horrible, Emma. <laughs> there is a naked man in a pub yes. with yes. a dog sat on his dinkle. The dog looks perfectly happy I, I know, the dog looks too happy. But I think it's fantastic. You know, in, in this day of media coverage, telling us all that we need to look a certain way... No, 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 um, it's not that. Girls, they haven't been airbrushed. No. They're absolutely stunning. The boys are great. You know, not, isn't it fantastic? Not that tug-of-war picture. That's not great. Oh, I think it's wonderful. I want to give another shout-out to a friend of mine, Alex Connolly, who's what? taken part in the in the uh, picture Which as well. Which one's he? We, he is... He's, he's, 
You're not on a page that's broadcast, actually, because oh. there's, some, there's a smidgen of advertising involved there okay. to raise further money. But I would like everybody to get behind this calendar. Oh, it's yep. £10. Don't get in front of mental, it. It's, <laughs> it's a mental health charity. We need to start supporting young people with mental health issues. Of course and we do, and I support that. I'm, j- I'm just worried that this might tip people over the edge. because. It's, uh, we do, the, and I'm, <laughs> Listen, I'm not one of those, oh, let's airbrush, let's, I just want beautiful naked people. Of course not, of course not. I prefer the, the untouched, well, oh, hang on, the, yes, the unairbrushed form. But, yes. oh, no, no, no more naked calendars. Please. No, carry on. Put no. them out there. Don't listen to Ian. No. Carry on with the naked calendar if it's going to raise money for your charity. We don't care how it's done. We need that money rolling in. We need to be able to support young people. Ian, shall I put you down for five calendars? Oh, no. I, I'll send you a tenner and that's it. Emma, listen, thank you for being a good sport and thank you for coming on and setting the record straight. Thank you so much. There we go. Well done. That's uh, Emma in Bedford. No more, no more naked calendars. Please. No more naked calendars. Dealey! You really think you're the big man, don't you? <laughs> What does that mean? Come on, what? come on. Mouthing off day in, day out. <laughs> and do you know what, Ian? This Doctor Who special, 80%, I've worked this out, oh. 80% of people that I spoke to on the streets, they said they didn't want right. it. Okay. You're pushing ahead regardless. You're 100% outrageous. of uh, the male callers we've spoken to in the last five minutes <laughs> want it, I'm afraid. Okay. So you've been, out, you've been out talking to people about Doctor Who, getting uh, fun memories and, mm. and, and, and people's personal stories about it. What have they come up with, Just? Well, Ian, you requested that uh, I went out on to the streets and ask people who their favourite doctor is. Yep. I have done just that for you. Here's what people had to say. Matt Smith, because he's just good at his job. Better than all the rest without a doubt. David Tennant, of course. Why Mr Tennant? Because he was new. I don't know, he's a more exciting doctor than the rest of them. Are you looking forward to this weekend? Yes, so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're sad, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I'm a sad, I have a sad life. Well, for me and Lee's breakfast show, um, who's your favourite doctor? We've got a doctor at... Um... Absolutely. Mm. And the surgery down there. My wife often goes there. And very good indeed. The yeah. doctor's Sigur or Sigur or somebody by that name. Hey, Ron, how are you today? You well? I'm fine. Um, Ian wants to know, who's your favourite doctor? Dr Dre. What, the rap artist? Yes. <laughs> You're a big fan of him, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am. A great fan of him. Favourite doctor? The doctor... From Back to the Future. I loved him as well, the Mad Doc. He was fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, did I? Pauline, who's your favourite Doctor? Doctor D. Peter Vettman. From Ghostbusters. (laughs) Definitely. What an amazing film. Beautiful. Very clever. Very clever. And let's be honest, Doctor Who, learn about rubbish, yeah? Rubbish. Tom Baker. Why Tom Baker? Well, he's done it for years. He was good, wasn't he? What do you think about the new guy, Matt Smith? Bit of a plonker? Yeah, a bit of that, I suppose, yeah. April, your favourite Doctor. Name him. Dr. Hilary Jones. Do you fancy him? <laughs> you do, don't you? <laughs> no. Oh, come on. No. You give me that cheeky little look. <laughs> no. <laughs> Matt, 17 years old here in Hemel. Who's your favourite doctor? Dr. William Hayward. What, from Twin Peaks? Yep. Yeah, that's the one. Dr. Leg, what a ledge. He was a bit of a ledge, wasn't he, actually, in EastEnders? Yeah, he was, he's was. quite a character. He's, he's much missed, isn't he, really? Yeah, he is. He is great. Dr. Dre. Have you always been into gangster rap? No. It's a new thing for you. It is. And what about your family? Are they also behind you and your uh, your love of gangster rap, or is it just you? No, just me. Well, it really illustrates, doesn't it, J-Dog, just mm. how gangster rap has, you know, become part of the accepted Norman family entertainment. I think so, and there you go, Ian. You see, when you go out into the streets and you ask people who their favourite Doctor is, only, what, three people there mention anything to do with Doctor Who. There you go. Mm. Proves my point again that people simply do not care. J-Dog, you're very wrong, but thank you very much indeed. Let's get the travel news now. Coming up after the travel, by the way, a mystery Doctor... 
Doctor Who guest. I have no idea who it is. I'm very, very, very excited. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some good news on the M1 southbound. That has cleared. There's no um, slow-moving traffic between 11 and 10 anymore. M25 clockwise, that earlier possible accident around 23 for South Mem has almost also eased as well. Anti-clockwise on the M25, very slow now, though, between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The A41 southbound around Aylesbury is very slow still approaching Bowton, but it's also struggling back along Oakfield Road. On public transport, there are no reported problems. This is Alice Glosser. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Right, these are your headlines at 7.47 on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been revealed that Luton Borough Council earned £80,000 from the TV series Splash. A couple who are being questioned about allegations that three women were kept as slaves for at least 30 years have been released on police bail. In cricket, England were bowled out for a first innings total of just 136 runs in reply to Australia's 295 on day two of the first Ashes Test in Brisbane. Coming up, peasants and doctors. But before that, let's get the latest weather with Kelly Betts. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, I know, Soz. Today will start cloudy with the odd light shower. However, it will soon turn drier with sunny spells breaking through. The maximum temperature is 8 degrees Celsius. Let's have a look at tonight. It will remain dry for most of tonight with some clearer spells. And tomorrow will be dry with plenty of sunshine. Thanks, mate. Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. Coming to towns and villages across beds, hearts and bucks as we bring you the three counties like never before. before. It's a huge trip celebrating all that's amazing about where we live. There's always something that you know everywhere you go. All this week in Wolverton. Somewhere where you're always going to feel welcome. You can get stuck in and get to know people. If you've got a story everyone should know about, let us tell everybody about it. Send us an email to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. It's not just the, the place, is it? It's the spirit of the people. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. Not only is it a friendly place to live, but it's also, there's lots going on. Local and vocal. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, as part of the BBC Three Counties Big Tour, we visit a different town every week in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. This week we're in Wolverton. Last week, you may remember, we were in Welling Garden City, where we were telling you about a peasants' revolt that was being set up by residents who received a letter from Lord Salisbury saying that he had rights to their land. Well, uh, there's been a development. We can catch up with the leader of that group, Amanda White. Good morning, Amanda. Oh, good morning, Ian. What's happening? Well, uh, we're learning more about these manorial rights. Of course, it came, you know, none of us had heard of anything like this before. It came as a bolt from the blue um, when we got the notices from the land registry. So we're we're getting organised, really. Um, I'm not really the leader. I'm just one of the organisers here. And uh, we've formed a a Facebook group. Um, We've held our first meeting. Uh, and we're organising a march for this weekend uh, to appeal to the Marquis to give up these hunting, shooting, fishing and mineral rights over our land. So will you be marching on Hatfield House? Is that the plan? Uh, we are marching. We, we, I don't think we'll be allowed in. Oh. So we are marching uh, in the public uh, uh, area uh, yes. between the posh gates opposite the station and the public gates. How and many people are you expecting? 
I don't know. We're hoping we can get 50. If we get 100, that would be great. If we could get 200, it would be fabulous. We have some adapted carols ready to sing. Um, This is our one chance where we're going to ask him nicely. Uh, uh, And then you you get nasty. Amanda, if people want to join you, where and when? Uh, 10.30, Hatfield House, Posh Gates. We'll be there till about 12.30. And also we're meeting uh, next Monday evening, Stanborough School, at uh, 7 o'clock to get our, um, uh, our action plan going. We're, we're, we're pretty active already. You know, this is happening up and down the country. The Queen's been at it. Oh, blimey. And, and so has Prince Charles. They're coming out of the woodwork, these old families. Amanda, listen, thank you very much. We will send a reporter down on Saturday and uh, just to see how things uh, go on. Thank you very much for that. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This yeah, yeah, whatever. Ian Lee. Whatever, it's Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who. It's, come on, let's celebrate the magic of, of what is. The longest-running sci-fi series of all time. One of the greatest TV series. It's had its ups, it's had its downs. It's had its kind of, uh, it's light and shade. But tomorrow is the 50th anniversary. Uh, I'm joined now by Brian Hodgson, who was the original sound designer for Doctor Who. Brian, what kind of stuff did you do for Doctor Who? Well, first of all, I created the sound of the TARDIS. Oh, thank you. I want to shake your hand and hug you. <laughs> thank you. What a wonderful... It's an iconic sound, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's probably the only sound that still sort of survived all the changes in Doctor Who. Uh, how, is it, it's a piano string, isn't it? That's right. Uh, it's the bass strings of an old piano that had lost its keyboard and most of its case. And it was recorded and then it was speed up and slowed down and cut together and added to a whole pile of other things because one of the, the problems is you somebody says i want the sound of something that travels through time and space and what does it do does it go up does it go down does it go sideways um it's quite a problem so what i decided to do was use these sounds and treat them in such a way that they appeared to be going away and coming towards you at the same time. And I'm guessing when you when you made those sounds, you, you never thought that 50 years later, you know, it, it would still be exciting children and adults around the world. No, I, quite frankly, I, when Delia uh, Dobbishu did the, the sig tune and I uh, were first told we were going to be working on it, we... We looked at it and looked at the whole concept and said, well, I think we'll be lucky if it goes for a few months. Fantastic. So were you, were you part of the, the famous BBC Radiophonic Workshop? Yes, I, I, I just joined the Radiophonic Workshop at that time and I, I stayed until a couple of... Uh, nine years later. Wow. Um, then I left and then I came back as head of the Radiophonic Workshop. I, I, I've heard so much about you guys. It sounds like you had so much fun. And did you, did, Were you involved with the Daleks as well? Yeah, I created the Daleks voice. Oh, Brian, listen, there are middle-aged men all around the country <laughs> now going, just saluting you. How on earth did you do that? Well, I'd already done it for um, a robot on a children's programme called Sword from the Stars. Mm. And I'd used my own voice because I used to be an actor. Um, and what I did was I put it to a special machine that turns it on and off 30 times a second. Yeah. And for that, to actually sound like anything, you've got to elongate the vowels. So uh, when the Daleks came along, um, I went down and I spent some time with Richard Martin, the director, and Peter Hawkins, the original Dalek voice. And Peter and I, between us, worked out a way where he could elongate the vowels. Wow. And, um, of course, his performance 
really defines the whole voice of the dialect. Well, you, 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 two, you two gentlemen have, have terrified, terrified me and terrified people. Uh, and I guess it was more fun then, because you didn't... It, nowadays, you just record something, put it on a computer, flick a few switches, and you've got a different noise. Then you had to innovate, didn't you? Yeah, well, there were no computers, there were no synthesizers. We used to gather around us a whole pile of junk that would make a noise useful, like scaffolding poles, old metal lampshades, uh, blowing bubbles through water or detergent uh, to make sort of slurpy sounds. Um, my colleague Dick Mills used to get Swarfiga, rub it on his hands and try and move them around so it goes schlep, schlep, Fantastic. Schlep. Brian, listen, can you stay there for a second? Because I, 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 I'll come back to you. I'm joined now by a mystery guest. I have no, literally no idea who this person is. I know they have a connection with, uh, with uh, Doctor Who. Let's have a little... Who, who are you? Good morning, Ian. My name's David Tennant. Is it really David Tennant? It is, actually. You may know me on Free Counties as Disco Dave. Oh, Hang on a second. So you're not the proper David Tennant. I've met him twice. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Catherine, I was all excited. It's the real David Tennant. Yeah, it's not the, the real... The real David Tennant isn't the real David Tennant. Hang on, who's this? So what... This is the David Tennant that sold the real David Tennant that's not the real David Tennant, his real equity card. Oh, for goodness sakes. Did you... Yeah, it's a very, um, it's oh. a very, very long story. His real name, mm. I believe, is David McMillan, or he's got a Scottish surname. Oh. And he went to actually register his name. Yeah. He was already registered on equity. Yeah. Um, and I'd given up my equity card because I no longer needed it because I came out of radio to go into mobile DJs. Mobile DJs, of course, yeah. And, of course, um, he bought the equity card. And, of course, a couple of years ago, a friend said to me, oh, do you realise David Tennant's on the telly? I'm like, oh, really? Um, the venue, because it's a very, very weird story for you, very brief and very quickly. Well, yeah. I actually work down in Slough at a hotel called the Pinewood Hotel. I know it very well, yes. My wedding organiser, Jenny, her brother is a Doctor Who lookalike for David Tennant, and he's a very, very good friend with a guy on Facebook called Matt Aiken, who is the Matt Smith lookalike. And then about six months ago, I spoke to Carl, who is the David Tennant lookalike, and he said, I bought the blue box as well. But he's going to be sending you in some photos to your Free Counties page today. So. How much did you sell the the, um, the the equity card for? I didn't. I wish I had. I just gave it up. <laughs> oh, you silly sausage! Well, listen, it's nice, David. It's lovely to talk to you. And you. Thank you very much indeed, Catherine. I thought David we'd... Tennant. Oh, no, everybody. I thought oh, that is cheating. David Tennant. Is that seriously the best you can do? I'm going back to Brian. Brian, I do apologise. I thought we had a proper Doctor Who coming on, <laughs> coming on there. Do, do you watch Doctor Who? Were you, were you a fan of the series? Um, you can be honest. I, I can be honest. No, I, I, I was not a great fan of the series. Right. I worked on it for right. 11 years uh, altogether. And quite frankly, at 2 o'clock in the morning, when you've got a dub the next day and you're still working on it, you think there have got to be better things in life to do than <laughs> playing with Doctor Who. Brian, listen, I can, first of all, thank you for coming on the show and thank you so much for the work you did, well, 50 years ago for making the TARDIS sound and, uh, and the Dalek voice. I'm sure there are many, many other iconic sounds you're responsible for. Thank you very, very much. Great pleasure. Brian, lovely to talk to you. There you are, a, a genuine legend. What did you used to do, Grandad? Oh, you know, it's working TV. Oh, what did you do? Well, you know the, uh, the uh, TARDIS and the Daleks? Yeah, the, the, I did the sound for those. What? Angela's on the line. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Ian. Wasn't Brian good? Yeah. He was wonderful, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't... you'd be surprised what the sound of a TARDIS does to me. Yeah. Wasn't David Tennant disappointing? 
Yeah, he even got proper David Tennant's name oh, wrong. Oh, for goodness. Oh, did he? Terrible. Yeah, well, McDonald. There you go, you see. Now, listen, Angela, Doctor Who, you're a girl that likes Doctor Who. We've had, oh, we won't, we won't do a special because girls won't like it. It'll, it'll alienate the female listeners. Tell us why you love it so much. Because it's... <laughs> oh, God. I could tell you for hours why it's good. Oh, you've got 20 seconds. Because it's accessible. It teaches you that acceptance is the best way to go, that everyone should be nice to each other, and when you find something that you know to be wrong, you stand up and you fight for it. Exactly. Isn't that good? You see, it's, a, it's got a spiritual message as well. Angela, are you looking forward to the show tomorrow? I am absolutely so excited. It's unbelievable. Uh, Me I... and my fiancé have tickets since the very first moment they were arrived. Oh, where, where are you going to watch it? Stevenage. Oh, oh. We couldn't get into the BFI. Uh, and uh, listen, thank you so much for being a good sport. Thank you for t- uh, calling up and taking part this morning. Right, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise is very slow still between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Brickett Wood, the north orbital is heavy at the M25 junction 21A roundabout. Looking on the speed sensors, heading north into Hitchin on the A505 is queuing, um, just heading up towards the town. But on public transport, there are no reported problems. This is Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Okay, the next hour of the show, more Doctor Who stories, more about Splash and all. So we are opening the door, we very rarely do this, for your conspiracy theories. Who really shot JFK and why? Let's get the news and sport now. Here's Barry. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. eight o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, amount of money Lutonborough Council earned from Splash series revealed. Couple questioned about holding three women as slaves released on bail and ceremony to remember JFK 50 years on. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been revealed that Lutonborough Council earned £80,000 from the TV series Splash. The figure was disclosed in a Freedom of Information request by BBC Three Counties Radio. The £80,000 will be spent on three portable springboards and a new management system for booking lessons. Conservative Lutonborough Councillor Mike Garrett thinks it was worth it. See, it was a good deal. Um... For the plus of it, yes, it certainly um, was very accepted by the public. They liked it, they enjoyed it, and it did promote Luton, which is what I've been trying to do for years. Well, the Celebrity Diving Show will return to our screens in a couple of months' time and will again be filmed at Luton's Inspire Sports Village. A couple who were being questioned about allegations that three women were kept as slaves for at least 30 years have been released on police bail. Detectives revealed yesterday that the women who are aged 30, 57 and 69 had been rescued from a house in South London last month. Draft legislation is currently going through Parliament, which would bring in tougher sanctions for human trafficking and exploitation. The Home Office Minister responsible for the bill is James Brokenshire. Slavery is one of those issues that people felt had been consigned to the history books. The sad reality is that it is still there. 
We have seen increases year on year on the number of cases that are reported, and I expect that that will continue to increase as well. That's not necessarily because there are more of these cases, but it's simply that more are coming to light. Four Luton Town football fans have been cleared of being involved in any violence at a match away to Lincoln City. It happened last October before the game. Ewan Duncan has more. During the seven-day trial, Lincoln Crown Court heard how the disturbance included chairs and beer glasses being thrown inside the Ritz pub on Lincoln High Street. The incident on a Saturday lunchtime left customers fleeing for their safety. The four Luton Town fans said they weren't the aggressors and acted in self-defence after being attacked by home supporters while having a pre-match drink. The jury took just over three hours to return not-guilty verdicts. America is marking the 50th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy with a 30-second silence, the tolling of bells and the lowering of flags to half-mast. A ceremony will take place in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, where JFK was murdered. Sharon Hickey is involved with the Chiltern American Women's Club. I was 15 years old, and my father, had, who was a hunter, had taught me to shoot along with my brothers, so I knew how to shoot a rifle, and I knew how difficult it was to hit a moving target, mm. if you will. And I never, even at 15, never believed in a, the conspiracy or the lone gunman theory. Cricket and Australia lead England by 224 runs after day two of the first Ashes test in Brisbane. The hosts are 65 without loss in their second innings, having posted a first innings total of 295. And the weather today will be cloudy with the odd light shower around. It will be dry too with sunny spells and maximum temperatures expected of 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. It's got a huge heritage and it's a very unique place. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's impossible to go one day that's bumping into someone you know. All this week in Wolverton. The community is the best part about Wolverton. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio is celebrating the magic of Doctor Who. Hats off to Who today. We're also talking about Luton Council and how much they got paid for Splash. £80,000. Good deal? And today is the 50th anniversary of the assassination of JFK. Looking for your memories on that. And also, your conspiracy theories. Who really shot him and why? We do conspiracy theories. We're not that kind of show, but uh, today I'm going to let you. Why couldn't it have just been Lee Harvey Oswald? Why not? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Colin is in Dunstable. Morning, Colin. Good morning, sir. What have, we, what have you got for us? Keep, uh, keep doing it. I'll keep doing it and I'll come in and do the harmony. Go on. Woo! 
breath. Okay, yeah, he was going um, quite slow there. I think you were adding an extra syllable, but never mind. We'll, we'll talk about that in rehearsal tomorrow. Go, yes. Right. Um, yes. Um, I'm just trying to check it on the computer because I've, I've only just what? done. But yeah. so I believe um, one episode was filmed in Sewell Quarry. Oh. If you know where Sewell Quarry is. No, I don't is. know where Sewell Quarry is. Is it, is it in Sewell? Yeah. It's, is it um, in Bryant's Sewell? No. Ah. Uh, it's uh, just off the A5. Okay. You know uh, where the um, chalk cutting is? Is that is that near the lap dancing club? I wouldn't know. Mm, you wouldn't you? It's by, no. Mm. Uh, it's by the turn-off to... So um, it has a local connection, which is another oh, reason yeah. we should be... Sell- basically, Doctor Who, the home of Doctor Who is Beds, Hearts and Bucks, the three counties. Um, unfortunately, I can't find the details at oh. the moment. Okay, so at the moment um, it's just a rumour. But no, if, you, if um, you say a rumour long I, enough, it becomes a myth, and then it becomes a fact. No, 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 no. I'm pretty certain I looked it up okay. years ago. You going to watch Doctor Who tomorrow? Uh, probably not. I, I oh. was a fan when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, right. but, um, I don't, um... I haven't watched it for Do yourself many, a favour. Do yourself a favour. Who is your doctor, by the way? My doctor? Yes. Um, anyone at the West Street Surgery. No, who is your... Oh, Colin, who oh. is your, who's your doctor who, you silly sausage? Oh, um... I think Patrick Trout. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, why don't you do yourself and your inner child a favour tomorrow, Colin? Why don't you watch it and treat yourself? Treat you and treat that little boy that's inside you, that's still inside you, (laughs) that still wants to believe in magic and travelling through space and time. Well, I might well do. Do yourself a favour, Colin. I think it might... uh, I I think you might find it a little bit emotional. Thank you, Colin. 08459 455 555. Uh, is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, on to another TV programme that I don't think will last 50 years. You never know. You never know. £80,000 is how much Luton Borough Council earned from the last series of Splash. They were reluctant to reveal the figure to us, so we had to make a series of freedom of information requests to prize it out of them. Uh, the council says they'll put the money towards paying for three portable springboards to inc- increase capacity for lessons. Well, I'm a big fan of the show. And so is our reporter, Justin Dealey. We sent him out to speak to other fans of the show. Splash is coming back. Are you excited? Very excited, yes. Yeah. I watched the, episode, the first one, so that was good. Yeah, mm. really good. Puts Lucent on the map? It certainly does, and it's good for children. It's inspirational and uh, encourages diving. He's just started dive gym. He's three, so it's getting him thinking about diving and mm. swimming, so it's all good. So your young lad here, did he come diving off the back of watching that TV show? Well, I think it certainly helped because he watched it and he was inspired by it. Oh, this is great. He, yeah, so he's, he wanted to do diving and he swims. Every week we go swimming. And um, so he does diving with David and Harry and mm. in the dive gym. So hopefully soon we'll get him in the real pool, won't we, on the boards, Bob? And uh, Tom Daly in his Speedos, can you score him out of ten? Probably, yeah, a nine and a half. Mm. You haven't seen me and my Speedos <laughs> yet. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Oh, I love Splash. It's exciting, you know. Something different coming to the town. It's it's good, yeah. Bit yeah. of fun. And when you're watching TV and they're saying live from Lucerne, does that make you feel good about your town? Of course it does, absolutely. I live up the road in Stopsley, not far from here. So, yeah, of course it does, absolutely. It's great, it's great for the town and it's great for the, that we've had the swimming pool built here. Maureen, Splash is coming back. How do you feel yes. about that? Well, I hope to get a ticket. It was, it was really great. I think it's great for Luton, great for Inspire. 
and um, it was fun. When you say you hoped to get a ticket, did you get a ticket last year? Yes, then? I did. I came on the very first day, and it was massively oversubscribed. Mm. But we were given the chance to reapply. And describe the atmosphere inside the pool that night. Crazy. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, people were shouting. Yeah. People had banners. Um, they were all dressed up. It was, so you it see was this as fantastic news for Luton, then? <laughs> yes, it is. And anything good for Luton is great. <laughs> we need it. Any promotion to the town is wonderful. And more tourists we get, the more people we get, the more revenue and more businesses. So. Well, that's Justin Dealey speaking to fans of the show. Listening to that is Mike Ward, TV critic. Mike, are you a big fan of Splash? Um, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan. Oh. I've warmed to it as time passed by, but it, 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 got, it got criticism basically for being so bad it's good. I think that's, that was how it came across. I'm quite interested by hearing some of those people there because it's interesting that if something is held in your town, it attracts a sort of affection that perhaps doesn't necessarily carry through to the rest of the country because I wasn't aware that people loved it that much. Yeah, I know. It is interesting. It It got quite good viewing figures by the end, didn't it? Oh, it did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was bizarre. I mean, anything with sort of celebrity content, Saturday Night ITV, the knives are out from the sort of cynics Mm. watching it straight away. So you immediately think, oh, this is ridiculous. The very idea sounded ridiculous. But after a while, you got into it. It's no more ridiculous than the Great British Bake Off or anything like that. It's a perfectly valid form of competition. It's kind of like you bet for the 21st century, isn't it? (laughs) It's that kind of thing. Yeah. It is. The council got 80 grand for uh, out of ITV for that. What, what do you reckon? Sound like a good deal? I don't know if it does. I mean, I know ex- expert on sort of local authority finances or indeed TV finances, but I just think it doesn't sound like an awful lot. Bearing in mind, this is a show that ITV, as you say, got millions and millions of viewers, prime time, Saturday night, week in, week out, live on national telly, um, all that phone vote revenue, all that advertising revenue. £80,000 sounds like a drop in the ocean. I would have thought they could have... Uh, you know, haggled for a bit more. Why is Saturday Night TV such a tough one to get right? Because there are so many shows that have looked like they're going to be winners Mm. and then have sunk like a sun. What was that awful Anton Deck, the um, the, the red or black Red or black. Well, that that was stripped across the week in the end. And that's they've not given up on that even now. I mean, it was awful beyond belief because ultimately it was was a sort of competition where really just people gambled on red or black on a big roulette wheel and there was no sense of tension or jeopardy. But... I think Saturday nights have become a kind of tradition that dates back decades, you know, it's sort of to the uh, the Doctor Who, as you were talking about mm. earlier, and, um, you know, um, oh gosh, Generation was, Game. That's I was, was going to say, it was, always, it was always Doctor Who uh, and the Generation Game yeah. and then Juliet Bravo. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Or Cagney and Lacey, yep. uh, Cagney and Lacey, Starsky and Hutch, Match of the Day, Parkers. It's part of our tradition. Funny enough, in America, it's no big deal. Saturday nights are not a big deal. They have much more sort of significant stuff on, say, a Thursday or something. But it's part of our British culture now. And we, we seem to have high expectations. So we're very, very fiercely critical if something doesn't match those expectations. Now, Doctor Who tomorrow night. I, I couldn't get you on without talking about this. Yeah. Are, are, are you a Who fan? Can, it, it can't possibly live up to the hype, can it? Well, I'm, I'm not a great fan of hype. I, I get anything that sort of blows its trumpet to this extent makes you immediately think, oh, good grief, this is a bit over the top. But I would say, I'm not the number one Doctor Who fan going, but as you said to, you know, the, the, the chap you are talking to earlier, great answer about his local GP, by the way. Yes, I know. <laughs> <Wasn't that good? laughs> I, you just have to let yourself go and, and it, you know, in, in, get in touch with your inner child and and love it and the BBC have every right to celebrate it because you know over the last couple of years BBC have come in for some you know pretty heavy flack a lot of it justified but when you've got something that you've done this well for this long why not tell the world and why not celebrate it 
Mike, I appreciate your time and your thoughts this morning. That's Mike Ward. He's a TV critic. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number uh, if you want to give us a call. So much to talk about. So many things, aren't there? Splash? 80 grand? Sound like a good deal to you? Uh, and, and Doctor Who, are you going to be watching? I do urge you, listen, if you're a cynical old man like me, and I did give up on Doctor Who, I gave up halfway through Tenant. I watched the first couple of Matt Smith, didn't like it. Okay. But if you're a cynical old so-and-so, and you used to like Doctor Who in the 60s and the 70s, and you haven't seen it since, do yourself a favour, watch it tomorrow. Watch it tomorrow. Feed your inner child. I know it sounds like psychobabble, but do it. Just sit down... With very few expectations, have a, a can of pop or a bottle of beer, big bag of crisps or some sweets and sit there and watch it and allow yourself to get carried away and reminisce about what it used to mean to you when you were growing up. And if it's not that good, it's not that good. But just allow yourself to go back to 1976 when uh, John Pertwee turned into Tom Baker. Or 1982, when Tom Baker turned into Peter Davison. Or in it, wherever and whenever it is. Allow yourself. Feed that inner child. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. It's a quarter past eight, BBC Three Counties Radio. Time for the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise still very slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital is heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Watford, Lower High Street heavy at Bushy Arches. And in West Wickham, Bradenham Road heading east has queues at the A40. Also in Waddeston, the A41 High Street is slow in both directions at Baker Street. On public transport, there's no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice. Thank you very much. More from her in about 15 minutes. Right now, it's coming up to 16 past eight. It's Friday, the 22nd of November. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The TV series Splash, filmed at Luton's Inspire Sports Village, has earned Luton Borough Council £80,000. A couple who are being questioned about allegations that three women were kept as slaves for at least 30 years have been released on police bail. And in cricket, Australia lead England by 224 runs after day two of the first Ashes test in Brisbane. The weather today will be dry with sunny spells, maximum temperature of nine degrees. Flipping it, wasn't it cold yesterday, wasn't it? Oh, it was bitter out. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. This afternoon, as part of our Big Tour, I'll be live from Wolverton Town Hall. From there, I'll discover the vibrant local arts and entertainment scene. I'll have a look around the community orchard, just one of the many local groups in Wolverton. And I'll be making a very special lantern in preparation for the annual Lantern Festival. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Come down and say hello at Wolverton Town Hall from midday today here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across anyway. beds, hearts yeah, anyway. and bugs. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, I was thinking, Jonathan, tomorrow night, I'll order... I'll order... Um, two, I'll, get, I'll get two pizzas. It's not even a two-for-one two Tuesday. I'll, I will get two pizzas ordered and some um, potato wedges, big bottle of Diet Pepsi, and uh, you can watch Doctor Who with me if you want. It's very kind of you, but I'm... Uh... 
I'm a judge for a show. So I can't do that tomorrow. Sorry. What? What? What show? I'm judging a dancing show. Ah, dancing schmancing. Come on, watch Doctor Who with me. Seriously, I'll get two pizzas. I'll even buy a garlic bread as well. It's very kind of you, um, uh, but there are a whole host of things I'd rather be doing. Oh, oh that's rude. Including housework, ah. cleaning the toilets. You are a bit strange like that. Sunday, I'll tape it. I won't watch it. I will not watch it. We'll watch it Sunday afternoon. Really? Yeah. Come around Sunday. I'll, I'll, I won't watch it. I'll tape it. I don't think you'd want to watch it with me. Why? Because I'd, I'd talk throughout it. You get a bit scared? No, scare you? no. Scare you? Scared of a Dalek? No. Oh. I, I just find it all just a, just a little bit silly. It sounds like it's... Listen, if you're afraid of a Dalek and you're a grown man, that is absolutely fine. <laughs> Honestly, I will protect you. You can hide behind my sofa. You've basically got no one to watch Doctor Who with. No. Good no one else is no. interested in watching Doctor Who. No, no. How long has the BBC spent uh, ramping up Doctor Who? Quite a long time. Quite a long time. No one wants to. No one wants to watch it. Watch it with me. I, I have to hope that uh, my uh, my wife and children will be in it. Will let me watch it as well. <laughs> They've not given me permission yet. Uh, well, uh, good luck finding someone. Uh, uh, what's on your? What, thank you. What's on your show then? Coming up on the big phone in this morning at nine, is it acceptable to give your children alcohol when they're under 18? Think Tank Demos wants the government to introduce tougher punishments for parents, siblings and friends who buy alcohol for children. They want people who buy booze for the under 18s banned from local shops and forced to do community service. Demos says young people are much more likely to get alcohol from their family than a local shop. And a new report, Sobering Up, shows those who drink often develop uh, alcohol problems later in life if they've done so at a young age. Well, I bet loads of people today had their first drink from their mum and dad. Did yeah. you get your first alcoholic drink from your mum I and dad? I remember being about seven and having a little sip of my dad's beer, and I hated it. Did you really? Yeah, a little sip of beer. There's a picture, actually... Oh, gosh, can I tell this? Yeah, it's OK. It can't be done now. There's a picture that my father has in his house yeah. of him with me in a beer garden, and I'm a baby, you know, a baby grow... And he's holding a pint of beer up so I can so I can nick it back. <laughs> my father-in-law, who is a well-respected cardiologist, is constantly was constantly with my boys are babies, trying to give them little sips of red wine. Really, but Peter, will you stop it? He's eighteen months old. Stop it. But apparently it's causing a problem. Lots of uh, parents are going out there, they're buying their, their children alcohol, and their children are then going out and being drunk and disorderly. Uh. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Is it acceptable to give your children alcohol when they're under 18? 08459 Perhaps you're of the opinion that any, any uh, uh, parent who does go out and buy their children alcohol under that age should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves. I think it's quite responsible. Do you? It depends what age. I'm not talking about nine years old. If you're talking 15, 16, 17, yes, I think it's quite responsible, parenting. Really? Yeah. But how much do you go out and get... Well, that's the thing. You're not going to go out and buy them two bottles of Red Thunderbird, are you? That's, uh, that, that would be uh, inappropriate. That's very so what is it, if you're When your boys are 16 yep. and they say, Dad, we're going to a party, yep. I need to take some drink... How much will you go out and buy them? Well, 16? Now, mm, OK, going to a party is slightly different. At home, I'd let them have a beer. One beer. I'd let them have a beer or a glass of wine at 16 for, on special occasions. It was Sunday roast. Right. Going to a party... I don't know. I'd have to give it some thought. I'd have to give it some thought. Bacardi? A four-pack? Bottle of Bacardi? I don't know. One no, bottle no, of Bacardi? <laughs> but, but then saying that at 15, 16, that's what me and my friends were taking to parties. Bottles of Malibu. 
Oh, dear. A bottle of Malibu. A bottle of Malibu. Children do have the worst taste in alcohol, <laughs> don't they? 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 really do. They drink disgusting things. <laughs> they drink the drink, the chosen drink of tramps, generally. <laughs> well, from nine this morning, is it acceptable to give your children alcohol when they're under 18? I want your views, please. Malibu, oh, dear. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Malibu because it felt sophisticated. It felt you felt like being a grown up because you're drinking you're drinking Malibu. Yeah, I felt the same, same about baby sham. <laughs> plastic beaker. Is baby sham alcohol? Yeah, I think so. Really? That was given to me by my grandfather. Mine's a baby sham. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. We, Saying it is no. butch to have a baby sham. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. What did you drink when you were what do you drink as a kid, Kelly? Uh Malibu. Not as a kid, as I was old enough. But um I got so drunk on it that I couldn't have it or smell anything like it for about a year. So Lesson learned. My, mine was Thunderbird. My, my, I remember, uh, oh, I remember a horrible night at Thunderbird. A very cheap, very potent American, in inverted commas, wine. Oh, dear. The, 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 it's the, uh, the first, the first black night of blackouts. Oh, oh, blackouts. I woke up. I was at a party, and then suddenly I was in my house, and I was being sick in the toilet. My mum saying, you are never going out ever again oh dear me naughty naughty but nice oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, phone number today is the 50th anniversary of the assassination of president john f kennedy shot as the people of dallas lined to the street to welcome him at justin dealey plaza well many remember uh, where they were and what they were doing when they first heard the news of his death uh, and there's no denying that jfk's very short presidency has made a lasting impression I'm joined now by Paul Neves, who is the head teacher at John F. Kennedy Catholic School in Hemel. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Ian. I was very surprised to find there was a, a, a school in the three counties named after JFK. Yeah, there, there aren't many schools around in the country actually named after him. Uh, yeah, it, it's a, a Catholic school. Uh, that's really going back to the origins of, of the name. It was uh, opened in 1967, so just a few years after his uh, untimely death. Uh, and being the first Catholic president of the USA, uh, I think it was quite fitting to, to name the school after a prominent Catholic. Uh, and I, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that y- you have been doing something to commemorate this 50th anniversary with the pupils. That's right, we have. It's, uh, for a number of weeks, actually, running up to today's uh, anniversary, um, we've had uh, a new permanent display in the reception area of the school with a, 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 portrait, a lovely portrait of Kennedy and a, a plaque uh, with a quote from his inaugural address. We've had uh, house competitions to uh, get the students involved in doing their own research and producing display work for the school. Uh, we had a big uh, formal event a couple of weeks ago, our presentation evening, um, where we give out certificates and prizes for uh, students from last year's year 11 and 13. And our guest of honour was the assistant cultural attaché from the US Embassy in London, wow. which was fabulous. And he then invited us to attend a commemorative event at the embassy itself in London, and that was last week. So a group of 20 staff and students went along to that, which was an an amazing experience. I bet that was incredible. How long did it take you to get into the embassy? Because even if you're going in there just to get um, a a work permit, it takes forever to get in that building. Yeah, it took probably about half an hour for us to get in. It was like uh, airport security. It was was great to be there. Um, And and do do the, the pupils in your school, do, do they appreciate how significant a president he was and, and could have been? Yeah, well, I think we've, we've obviously got to try really hard there because the, the students' parents weren't even alive, mm. most of them, you know, uh, when he was alive. So it's, it's a real challenge for us to, to keep the profile of, uh, of Kennedy alive. 
but we've really tried to do that in this, this special year. Um, but we do draw attention, of course, to um, the, the school motto on the school badge, on the blazers that the children wear every day. It's uh, Parchem in Terrace, and that really, for me, is one of the, the real fundamental characteristics of Kennedy's presidency, the, the commitment to searching for world peace. Mm. So that's really alive in our school every day, and it's a real commitment to us as a Catholic community. Well, it's certainly a, a good message to pass on to the young Paul. Thank you very much, Paul Neves, head teacher at John F. Kennedy Catholic School in Hemel. Akbar's on the line. Akbar, you you remember the moment it happened? Um, I do, I do. I was um, a youngster uh, studying at a high school uh, in Rawalpindi in Pakistan, and uh, I went to a friend's house, and uh, there uh, I heard the news on the on the radio that the JFK has been uh, has been killed. It was it it, it saddened me and uh, uh, saddened a lot of youngsters uh, around me of that age. What impact did it have in in Pakistan? Well, he was an iconic figure for for uh, youngsters and young people all over the world, uh, and uh, uh, he was uh, he was a hope seen as a hope, somebody uh, who had an inspiring uh, personality and inspiring ideas uh, uh, about the, the, the world. Uh, the young people sort of uh, looked up to him for provide leadership uh, and inspiration for coming generations. He was, he was, I mean, his personal life, Akbar, mm. was a little bit murky, wasn't it? There are allegations of drug taking, of, of uh, infidelity. So it, 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 do you think that affects that's important at all? Um, I, I don't think so. And, uh, and uh, yes, all these rumours have been flying around since, but people have, uh, have, have not paid much attention no. to these details. So they have looked at him as an iconic person, person who had the ability to change the world. Akbar, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Hello there. Who killed JFK and why? Jagger uh, Hoover. Their, their own secret service. Case. The uh, the transvestite. Because he was too big, he was too big, and he he allowed the coloured people like Martin Luther King and uh, others. They were afraid. The Americans were afraid of uh, getting a black president because Martin Luther King was going to become bigger than President Kennedy, and also the well, Catholic thing. Right. The Irish. He was Irish. He, he loved the Irish. He loved. He was a good Catholic. But also well, the Marilyn Monroe thing. He wasn't a particularly good Catholic, was he? He was a very naughty boy. Well, a lot of good Catholics are naughty boys anyway. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> you know that. So, uh, yeah, yes, I do. So, Henry uh, VIII, your Henry VIII was a bad bugger, wasn't he? Well, he, he certainly was. So it was, it was J. Edgar Hoover, it was, uh, it was the government oh, yes, that brought him right. down. They didn't want... He was a great man. And he was too big, he'd done great things. Khrushchev was the best thing ever happened. But he, they were afraid of the black movement taken over the White House. Matt, thank you very much indeed. That's Matt's uh, theory on who killed JFK. What's yours? 08459 455 555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Should we get the travel news now with Alice? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
quiet on the major routes this morning. The M25 anti-clockwise has now eased between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Still busy in Bricketwood though on the North Orbital at the roundabout for the M25 Junction 21A. In Cheshunt, the A10 southbound is slow between College Road and Winston Churchill Way. And in Aylesbury, the A41 is slow between Oakfield Road and New Road. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight. I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines. It's been revealed that Luton Borough Council earned £80,000 from the television series Splash. The figure was disclosed in a Freedom of Information request by BBC Three Counties Radio. The money will be spent on three portable springboards and a new management system for booking lessons. A couple who were being questioned about allegations that three women were kept as slaves for at least 30 years have been released on police bail. Detectives revealed yesterday that the women who are aged 30, 57 and 69 had been rescued from a house in South London last month. A National Day of Remembrance is taking place in America to mark the 50th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. President Obama has ordered that all public buildings lower their flags to half-mast for the occasion. And the weather, it'll be a dry day today with sunny spells too, light winds, maximum temperatures of 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll start with cricket. Australia lead England by 224 runs after two days of the first Ashes test in Brisbane. The hosts are 65 without loss in their second innings, having posted a first innings total of 295. England's batsmen had a day to forget as they were all out for a first innings total of just 136 runs. Our cricket correspondent Jonathan Agnew was watching at the Gabba. Mitchell Johnson unleashed one of the most torrid, hostile spells of fast bowling we've seen for a long time. With the crowd urging him on, he bombarded England's batsmen and the tail-enders in particular. England lost six wickets for nine runs, with Peterson flicking to mid-wicket for 18, before Johnson switched to round the wicket, cranked up a notch, and had Carberry caught at slip for 40. Bell and Pryor were both disappointing, giving soft catches to short leg off the off-spinner Lyon, and Root chased a wide one and edged to third slip for two. Broad swung the bat for 32, but England are left needing a miracle even greater than the one that earned them a draw here three years ago. Jonathan Agnew there. Well, in football, Stevenage manager Graham Westley says it's been a difficult week as he prepares for Saturday's League One trip to Peterborough. The Borough have injury problems and Westley is hoping the situation improves in the next few days. Not a lot of uh, selection uh, problems, but just a question of trying to get uh, enough fit bodies together to, to put a show on the road. So um, a difficult week we've had, um, a lot of bodies in the treatment room and uh, we're hoping that one or two will piece themselves together before the weekend. The Heineken Cup will go ahead next season despite a planned breakaway tournament, says the Scottish, Welsh, Irish, French and Italian rugby unions. Premiership Rugby, which represents England's top clubs, say planning for the proposed new Rugby Champions Cup will continue. And Jensen Button says that despite a season of struggle, he's confident McLaren will be stronger in 2014. Button heads into the year-ending Brazil Grand Prix without winning a place in the podium this season, but he feels better times are around the corner. 
It's always tough when you don't have a quick car from the word go. Uh, we haven't been able to catch Red Bull. I think we've caught a lot of the other teams, but Red Bull have pulled away from most of those teams. So tough year for us. You try so many different things when the car's not competitive. You look in every sort of area, under every rock. Um, so I feel that we're a much stronger team for this year. It's tough when you're enduring it, but uh, next year you'll see a stronger McLaren. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, well, well. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Here until nine o'clock, I believe that's the way this um, uh, this thing works. You can give us a call, 08459 455 555. I'm genuinely very excited, and I think you should be. If, you were, if you've ever been a fan of Doctor Who, and even if you lost interest, as I have done a little bit recently... Allow your inner child, allow that excitement that's very, very deep within you, allow it to grow, feed it. Because tomorrow marks the 50th anniversary of William Hartnell first appearing on television in Doctor Who, November the 23rd, 1963. And they're showing what I'm hoping is going to be a wonderful, wonderful episode. I'm joined now by Mitch Ben. He's a comedian, he's a songwriter, he's a massive Doctor Who nerd, he's also a top bloke. Morning, Mitch. Morning, sunshine. How are you doing, fella? You right? I'm all right. I'm, I'm like it's like Candyman, mate. You say Doctor Who enough times, I just appear. Well, is it? I, I know you do. <laughs> is it? Are you excited about tomorrow? I am. I am. Um, you know. I mean, I. I you know, my, my inner child is fairly near the surface. There's not an awful lot of work required to bring him out, but. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can't even be bothered trying to be cynical about this. No. You know, I really can't. It's, it's just. I mean, were the signs less encouraging than I might be? Um, you know, if, if, if the trailers weren't gobsmacking, if what we know of the sort of, you know, the concept of, you know, the Doctor finding that he's got this whole aspect of himself which he's chosen to forget. Yep. Um, and it, it's some kind of a collaboration between the last two Doctors and him. Um, and then, you know, just, and, 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 if, and if, if, uh, if I was still feeling a little bit underwhelmed, did you see the little mini-show with Paul McGann that they released last week? Oh, no, whoa, 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 no, I didn't. Oh, you don't see this? No. Oh, it's on YouTube. YouTube the words Night of the Doctor. Right. Yes, I'm, that's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's a little prequel, it's a little setup, and oh, it gives you a bit more explanation right. as to regards to what, what, who or what John Hurt's Doctor And that there is. is talk that the, 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 Tom Baker has said that he himself might be popping up in this episode. Well, I think they, they may try and find some way of, I don't know, Forrest Gumping the old Doctor's in. You know what I mean? Because Tom Baker was the best one in the world. It's 30 years since he left. He really doesn't look much like he did. But Forrest no. still sounds more or less exactly like he did. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's a... Well, probably going to be some way of Forrest gumping in, you know, involving the old doctors, which strikes me as the most obvious way of doing it. Uh, so, I'm going to ask a question that you, you, you might find hard to answer. Who's the best doctor? Uh, well, I grew up with Tom. Yep. I mean, you know, the, the question is always, who's your doctor? And my doctor was definitely Tom. I think I was an age thing as much as anything else. I have some dim memories of John. Um, so John Perty. Tom Baker took over when I was about four. And the first story that my dad sat me down in front of and I watched all the way from the beginning to the end was Genesis of the Daleks. Oh, that was a spooky quite, one. Quite something for a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah that's a dark a six one. Part, six parts of mutation and genocide. You know, my dad, my, my dad sat me down in front of that when I was about five. Just because he thought I'd put the Daleks were cool. And I did think the Daleks were cool. And I still think the Daleks were cool. So. Yeah, it's, and, 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 and it's been a lifelong thing ever since. That's like, what, knocking on for 40 years now, so... I've ki- I, I did kind of lose interest halfway through David Tennant. I thought they got a little bit silly. And then when Matt Smith came in, I'm sure he's really good, he was too young. He was too young, which is why uh-huh. I'm looking forward to Peter Capaldi coming back, or, or coming in as the Doctor. 
I'm looking forward to Peter Capaldi coming in because he is 12 years older than me, which means we're back in the game, baby. <laughs> I love it. Are you having a little little party, or is this going to be a solitary event? How are you going to do it tomorrow, Mitch? No, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to pictures. I'm going to sit watch it with my kids, and then I've got a gig straight after. So I'm going to probably be. Um, a bit of a hazard to traffic trying to drive to Forest Hill with my mind going round and round in circles, I imagine. So that's, that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Mitch, it's always a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, what's, what's the website? Where can they go? Mitchben.com. And uh, they could start by buying my book. I'm a science fiction author myself these days, mate. I've got a book came out in July called Terror. Oh, beautiful. So, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, this is what happens when you grow up with Doctor Who, you see. Exactly. You end up becoming a science fiction writing comedian. Mitch, always lovely to talk to you. Uh, we, 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 we are due a coffee at some point. Let's, let's, let's meet up. That has to happen, yes. See you That's later on. Ta-ta. There you go. It's uh, Mitch Ben. Pops up on the radio every now and then, and he's, uh, he's an excellent comedy, uh, comedian and, and singer and songwriter and a massive fan. He's going to watch it with his kids. That's the great thing. My boys are a little bit too young. But that is the great thing. You grew up watching it as a kid, and then you go and watch it with your kids. You see? Isn't that wonderful? Well, we're still talking about Doctor Who. Justin Daly is in market. Morning, Justin. Ian, good morning. You... Why are we doing this Doctor Who special again? Remind Leave me. Because, uh, because I said so. Right, okay. And because I have editorial control, and okay. what I say goes. All right, okay. Daly? Well, I'm, I'm with somebody quite special in market, oh. with uh, Andrew Lamborn, who's a, a massive Doctor Who fan, uh, one of the uh, saddos out there. Andrew, why do you love Doctor Who so much? I think mainly because it's a completely open-ended programme in time and in space as well. And that gives free reign for the imagination of the scriptwriters and for the viewers. And, of course, they've got great monsters. Now, here we have your Dalek Scarecrow. Every single year you have a, a huge Scarecrow festival here in the village. It's uh, well-received. It's a fantastic event. This was first seen back in 2010. A, why? And B, what was the feedback like? Well, I've always wanted to build a Dalek ever since I saw them when I was a small kid in black and white. And so when there was a sale of bath plunges on at B&Q, I seized my chance. <laughs> the Dalek appeared here in 2010 at the Flamsteed Scarecrow Festival, went down really well and won first prize. First prize? Oh, yes. Wow, fantastic. Now, would you mind, can we have a quick conversation with your Dalek? Is that OK? We'll see what we can do. OK, Ian, you ready for this? Oh, I'm very excited. To to Dalek uh, live across bed This is exclusive, yeah. by the way, dear listener, <laughs> and exclusive. First for news. OK, so, uh, Mr Dalek, uh, we want to know, who is your favourite Doctor Who and why? None of them are my favourite, but I have, I suppose, a warm feeling towards William Hartnell, because he is no longer with us. The rest, they will have to take their chances. OK, second question for you. Um, if you could uh, exterminate one celebrity and why, who would that be, Mr Dalek? Well, I suppose it would have to be Ian Lee. Oh, for goodness Because sake. his views are similar to our own, and there is not room for two similar intelligences <laughs> on this planet. There you go, Ian. Sorry about that. And uh, thirdly, um, how does it feel to uh, constantly scare people? Well, of course, we have no feelings, but it is our objective mm. to scare people and then to exterminate, exterminate. Well, there you go. Um, Andrew, are you seriously proud of this? Absolutely. As he should... Let the me speak... since sliced bread. Dealey, Dealey, mm. Dealey. Mm. Do, 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 give the headphones to this fellow. I want to speak to Andrew. OK. I want to speak to Andrew. Morning, Andrew. This is Ian Lee. You're, you're, you're live on the air. Uh, can I just say, I'm really sorry that we had to send down a cynical, you know, soulless person like Justin Dealey to talk to you. I think what you've done is fantastic, uh, and I, I, I think it's superb. Keep up the good work. You can tell... Scared. No, I'm not scared. Oh, I'm not scared of a flipping Dalek. Right, go away, both of you. Go away, both of you. Oh, dearie me. Keith in Luton. Morning, Keith. 
Oh, good morning, Ian. Can I just say, we've, we've had lots of emails about this, um, but, but one of them's quite complimentary. Uh, it's from Warren. He says, Morning, Ian. Forget everything else. Just talk Doctor Who, OK? Keep up the work, good chap. There you go. That's right, that's right. That's Keith, what would you like to say? Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, actually, Ian, that um, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the first episode going out. So I was 60 years old uh, earlier in the month. Oh, happy birthday earlier in the month. Oh, thank you very much. And um, basically, um, I just wanted to say that um, there is a connection between... Um, the the uh, first episode of Doctor Who and uh, JFK's assassination. Go on, tell me. Uh, yeah, well, what happened was that um, there had been blackie coverage on the BBC of uh, Kennedy's assassination um, for hours, and um, what happened was that um, the first episode of Doctor Who was the first sort of episode on the usual schedule that came back on after the after the uh, blanket coverage of JFK's assassination. Ah, I see. So it had been news broadcasts and things like that, and yeah. then that they, they went back to Doctor Who and, and... Oh, fantastic, you see. It all links up, Keith. Yeah, that's right. And, and the other thing is, Ian, that um, the following week, like the second week of Doctor Who, as you might say, they actually showed the first episode again because they thought a lot of people would have switched off because oh. they'd got tired of all the blanket you know coverage of JFK. Yeah. So, so they actually put the first episode on again the second week before they showed the second episode. So there was like a double episode. Fantastic, you see. I'm, uh, I've got, I've got, I've got myself a little bit of a hankering to go and watch some of those old William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton Doctor Who's. Yes. Now I want to see some black and white Doctors. Yes, yes. Well, um, William Hartnell is really my sort of favourite one, um, closely followed by John Pertwee. Mm. Um, but, um, but you know, I, I didn't like Matt Smith at all, to be honest. No. Um, Are you going to watch it tomorrow, Keith? I will watch it. Good. Watch it tomorrow, yes. Watch it. Allow, uh, allow your inner child to embrace the Doctor once again. Keith, thank you very much indeed. Um, Ian, last night, the, the drama when the first Doctor Who looked across at the, the, the now Doctor Who, tears came. 50 years for them and me. TV magic, says Margaret in St Albans. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. Monica says, I've never seen any of the Doctor Who episodes. Would really want to watch some, but because it's so many of them, I don't know where to start. Any suggestions? Well, see, I, I'd always say Tom Baker, but, 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 if you're watching them with young, fresh eyes, you'll probably laugh. So, David Tennant, I guess? Uh, Gaz says, Ian, there's a TARDIS outside Earl's Court Station on Google Street View. You can go inside it. Click the two arrows. Thank you, Gaz. Mm-hmm. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Don't forget, don't forget as well, I have had lots of emails uh, this morning, uh, and you can email me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Carpet Martin has sent me an email. Ian, I was in Dallas earlier this year and visited the Sixth Floor Museum which documents that fateful day and is situated in the book depository from which Lee Harvey Oswald took his shots. He sent me a picture of uh, of that door. Let me have a quick look at that. Uh-huh. Right. What they've done is on the entrance door, there's a sign that says, no firearms. As Martin says, a little bit like uh, bolting the, the uh, door after the horses are bolted, isn't it? Well, it is a little bit, isn't it? Yes. Ian.lee at bbc.co.uk is the uh, uh, email, if you want to email, iain.lwe. You can contact me at any time. Uh, if you want. We've been getting some cracking stories from you recently. We have an excellent team here. The team that works on this show is wonderful. They're dedicated, they are driven, and they, they go out and they find some cracking stories. But we also get cracking stories from you, dear listener. So if you've got something you think we should be talking about on this show, something that, that, that as your local radio station we should be addressing, and we haven't, then do send me an email and let me know, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Uh, and if you're lucky, we'll send one of our reporters along. If you're unlucky, it'll be Justin.
I, I can't guarantee it'll be one of the good ones, I'm afraid. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's coming up to a quarter to nine. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise has one lane closed between Junction 23 for South Mims and 24 for Potter's Bar after an accident. That's near to the roadworks and it's causing quite a few queues there. In Brickerwood, North Orbital is still heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Chesant, the A10 southbound is slow between College Road and Winston Churchill Way. In High Wycombe, Mar- Marlow Hill is heavy southbound. That's where it heads down into the town. And in Aylesbury, the A41 is slow between Oakfield Road and New Road. Public transport has has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Right, it's coming up to 8.46. It's uh, Friday the 22nd of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Borough Council earned £80,000 from allowing filming of the TV series Splash to take place at Luton's Inspire Sports Village. A couple questioned about allegations that three women were kept as slaves for 30 years have been released on police bail. And in cricket, Australia lead England by 224 runs after England's batsmen had a day to forget at the Gabba. England made just 136 in response to their hosts' first innings, total of 295. Coming up, a little bit of live music, but before that, it's the weather with Kelly. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Today will start cloudy with the odd shower. However, it will soon turn drier with sunny spells breaking through. If we look at tonight, it will remain dry for most of tonight with some clearer spells. And tomorrow will also be dry with plenty of sunshine. Thanks, mate. They normally do like a five-day... Oh, OK, OK, fine. Um, outlook for Sunday to Tuesday, generally dry throughout with bright or sunny spells, but often rather cloudy and always on the cold side with a chance of overnight frost and fog. Today's maximum temperature is 8 degrees Celsius. Tomorrow's minimum temperature is 1. Dry and sunshiny. Cold. Wear a coat. Maybe take an umbrella. Gloves are a must. That's it. Bye. Three County Sport is here from two tomorrow afternoon with live uninterrupted commentary on your local team. Williams will go for goal and score! You can choose Watford versus Bolton, MK Dons at home to Bradford, Stevenage away to Peterborough, or Luton against Welling. Can Joydini get the finish in? Yes, he can, and equalises! Andre Gray side the box, shot from Gray, back of the net, simple as you like. And what a finish that was to a fantastic Stevenage move. Plus, there'll be regular updates on Wickham at Chesterfield. Choose your local team with Three Counties Sports. Tomorrow from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now. Look at this, I've been sent... There is a certain gentleman of a certain age who get excited when they see uh, the TARDIS, and this is uh, Nick in Melbourne. Ian, I realise that sending this is probably a waste of time, as the anti-Whoites, that's you, Kelly Betts, uh, you have in your production team will censor this out of existence. Don't worry, Nick, I managed to, to retrieve it from the virtual bin. In 1986, I was working at the BBC TV Centre on the London Marathon coverage. I was in the grandstand studio. In the corridor behind the studio, I was awestruck. There was a pallet with the TARDIS on it. I had to go and touch it. 
The only negative thing, it was flat-packed like a kitchen unit. Oh, well, that's, that's no good at all. Nevertheless, was, I've touched the TARDIS, and I've also been inside the TARDIS. Like the, I've touched the control panel. Bizarrely, it was cut in half. I don't know why, but never mind. It was a lot of fun. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us uh, a call, you've got uh, another 11 minutes. Now, on a Friday, we like to end the show with a little bit of music. That's kind of what we do. And the, the, today is, is no different. Although, although, I have to flag up... We may be bringing this to an end. I know, I know, controversial. We may be. You may be one of the, the, the last people we have in, Jack. Ah. So, so I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm, I'm on it. I'm you on you it. should be. We, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm just saying that it's, it's something that we're considering. Now, Jack, you, you've uh, been in before, haven't you? I have. T- tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so my name is Jack Neville. Yep. Um, I came in last January, February. Something like that. Something like that. Wow, it was a lot. while ago. You were a boy then. I, I was. I now was you're a man. Really a boy, and now I'm a man. A real man. So you're 18 years old. I am. And you had, you had a kind of a hit on iTunes, didn't you? Uh, uh, yes. Well, sort of. Yeah, it, it, it did all right. Wait, wait, what number did it get to? It got to 19th in the singer-songwriter charts. That's a hit. That's top 20. <laughs> That's top 20. Thank you. Uh, and, and you go out busking and do bits and pieces like that. You're still doing the busking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've moved to London now. started university, so oh, okay. it is, it's, yeah, it's much more fun busking in London. Whereabouts are you studying? I'm studying at South Bank University. Oh, very, very nice, very nice place. <laughs> You're not busking in this weather, though, are you? No, I haven't been. It's too cold. I know. It's not fun at all. It's horrible. Who's, who's your mate? Uh, this is Kobe Miller. He is my resident guitar genius. Are you a guitar genius? Uh, I try. I'll let you into a secret, lads. You're both playing tiny guitars. What's going on? You can yeah. get bigger ones than that. Uh, travel, travel guitars. Excellent. I do like the travel guitars. They're lovely. <laughs> what, you, what song are you going to play for us first? Uh, we are going to play a song from my debut album, Outlines, which was out on Monday. Um, called. It's the song that I played before, So, but we're going to play it again with a bit of a um, themed introduction. Beautiful. Take Thank it away. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's it, boys. Carry on. Changing is gonna be tough 
time of the morning is it i know a little it's, bit, little it's bit dry a, it's a ridiculous time of the morning to come in and sing a song so i appreciate that so you've got the you've got a proper album out i do finally so so where can people get it how do they get um, it it is available on itunes yep. on amazon google play um mo- most good online retailers most good online retailers you can't but go to our yeah. price and buy it on vinyl anymore than i'm afraid no, to do. So that that's not happening then were the days so what are you studying I'm studying arts and festivals management. Wow, so, okay. Yeah. They made that into a course. Well, they have. It's That's... an actual degree now. So, so you would then become a festivals manager, that, which sounds like a pretty cool It's basically job. just learning how to run Glastonbury. <laughs> so is that what you, I'm you're... the next Michael Avis. Is, is that what you've got your eye on? Yeah. Well, why yeah. not? Why exactly. not? Uh, and and what, did, did the music, that can kind of work hand in hand? Yeah, the music's kind of, well... Started off as just a hobby, and yeah. now I guess is an official side project. Yeah. Well, it's, you're, you're, you know, you're both brilliant at it, so don't don't knock it on the head. <laughs> Thank you, Kirby, How did you meet up with this reprobate? Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we've we've been we've just been guessing yeah. in the bar. Was it probably in the bar? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, we, we chilling. Were, we were thirteen in the bar yeah. together. Just, yeah, having, <laughs> having, a, having a couple yeah. of binge drinking Britain. That's what it is. <laughs> Listen, we've got time for one more song. I may if, if I raise my hands, that means keep on playing, but stop singing because we need to go to the travel. But I'll, hopefully, we won't need to. That's but fine. You will become. The uh, the uh, travel bed, which has got to be every young band's dream, <laughs> hasn't it? Oh, hasn't it? Oh, I'm honoured. This is what it's all about. You can pack it in after this. What, what, what song are you going to finish um, with? This is a song called I Will Never that uh, Kobe and I both wrote and played together on the album. Um, wrote it when we were 14. Yeah, wrote okay. it, started writing it when we were 14, finished it off a couple of months ago. Okay, so this is John writing process. This is mate Kobe, and uh, let's, let's have a listen. Away you go. One, two, was a girl, she searched the skies, looking for a love on a mountain high, felt a little empty, a little lost inside, because love was cheap, it didn't stay the night. Somehow, 
song you finished in perfect time thank you very much let's get the travel travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio the M25 clockwise has one lane closed between Junction 23 for South Mims and 24 for Potter's Bar after an accident. There are queues now back to Junction 22 for St Albans. The M1 southbound is slow between Newport Pagnell Services and the Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. In Highwick and Marlow Hill is still heavy heading into town. On public transport, London Midlands have delays between Birmingham New Street and Milton Keynes Central. That's causing minor delays on some trains leaving Milton Keynes on the departure boards. This is Alice at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. You've been listening to uh, Jack Neville. Jack, where, where can people find out more about you, please? Uh, people can find out more about me by tweeting me at Jack Nev Music, or they can go on my Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash Jack Neville Music. Kobe, anything you want to plug? Uh, my band, Skies on Fire, www.facebook.weareskiesonfire.com. There you go, you see. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much for coming in. Right, that's it. That's your lot. There'll be a new podcast up around about lunchtime today if you want to go and find it on iTunes or on the uh, BBC Three Counties page. JVS is up next until Monday from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday morning. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, is it acceptable to give your children alcohol when they're under 18? The think tank demo. 